but like Dio yeah. kind of like makes I don't know I don't know if, if at first he thought people should be taking him seriously <laughs> because he kind of like puts on that persona of, of wanting to be taken seriously but I also don't like Holy Diver either or anything Dio really's ever done I don't dislike it a lot but I definitely would never <laughs> listen to it yeah it- would you say it's a Dio breaker <laughs> oh my god a Dio <laughs> breaker Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music, and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artists. We take one of their records, we listen to it, we break it down, the lyrics, music, everything, and we try to have a good time doing it. And this week we have a very special guest because we are doing Black Sabbath's Black Sabbath. And uh, we have a we have a, our friend of the pod, Skip, all the way from merry old England, from Birmingham, England, to join us. Um, so say hello, Skip. Hello, Skip. <laughs> no, how are we doing, hello, guys? How are we doing? Merry awesome, Christmas. Awesome, awesome. Oh yes! Happy Boxing Day for you. Happy Boxing so. Day for Tom DeLonge. Do people do people say that? Is that what people say in in, in England? No. Happy Boxing no. Day. Acquaint as we are, we we've we don't walk around in top hats going up. Very Boxing Day, so <laughs> Oh yes, yes. Shall we go to the market? We shall go to the market. What the fuck <laughs> is Boxing Day anyway? What, what is that? Is, I think, settle it right here. I think it's uh, like just. An old school, like, day after... I think probably people did used to go to the boxing as, like, a working class thing. I think... Which, yeah, I think it's a sort of, like, day after Cremo. No one would quite go back to work. There would still be, like, old fairs and stuff back on. It's definitely... I think it is an old English thing. I mean, do you guys really... I mean, make a deal out of it? Or is, is it always a holiday mm. for you guys? Or is it it's just going to... Boxing never day? It's mm. never never been a holiday for us. I think I, I only knew it existed when, when Blink did the song about it, and then I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is Boxing Day? Same here. That was the first time I had ever heard of Boxing Day with the Blink song. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Tom DeLong. Teacher, artist, dreamweaver. Dude, do we just do we just like six degrees like England to Tom DeLong? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one right, Tyler's so, um, There's a transition for you. <laughs> really? All right. So yeah, because we uh, we forgot to do our six degrees of, six degrees of Tom DeLong on the the album rankings episode. We're just gonna do it right now because Skip and I did our homework. So let's start with you, Skip. <laughs> you are so full of What's... shit, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tyler did not do his homework. I can think of uh, one. I'm, I'm gonna do one right now. By the time you're done. So I wanted to do a fun one that involved lots of bands that I like. So I did. This was kind of off the cuff about a month ago. So, Ozzy Osbourne, lead singer of Band of the Week, Black Sabbath, for a time. He did a cover, in fact, of Black Sabbath with uh, the band Primus. He covered a track off the album of the week. He covered uh, Nativity in Black. From Primus, Les Claypool, he played bass in the Desert Sessions with Joshua Hame and co. Played bass on the latest one. Another member of the Desert Sessions would be Geordie White, a.k.a. Tuga Ramirez, from our last guest episode, uh, who mm-hmm. 
coincidentally has a band called Goon Moon uh, with uh, the guys from Masters of Reality, uh, which is a little Sabbath link. Anyway, <laughs> getting there, Geordie or Twiggy, he played with Trent and the Nine Inch Nails, mm-hmm. who of course have a young man named Ilan Rubin on drums, Ilan to Angels and Airwaves, Airways to Tom, Tom to Blink. Wow, look at that. That's a goodie. Go. Yeah. That is a goodie. So you have just the one? I did just the one, because I thought some just guys did their work. But, you know, I'll, I'll true. carry it. If there were three of them, it would have been, yeah. Would have been carry hard. this pod alone as the guest. Oh, don't worry, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that's, has to do it. That's me shrugging on the weight of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so mine real quick. Um, Ozzy Osbourne from Sabbath. He uh, he put out a solo record last year, I believe it was. Post Malone was on that record. Post Malone did that really, really great Nirvana set. Uh, cover set with Travis Barker. Travis Barker uh, is in Boxcar Racer with Tom DeLonge. So there you go. Nice. That's my six degrees. That was a great what set. That was a really good set. So what do you got? Who? You said you came up with one. Oh, said, I was actually do. I was thinking. Um, he lied. Thinking in your mind. Yeah. It's well, a good place so to we think. could do. We could do Brad Wilk. Brad Wilk did something with uh, fucking Trent Reznor for the that Michael Moore movie. The, okay. The whatever it is, and then Trent Reznor, we could go to Elon or Josh Freeze. Josh Freeze, yeah, go that route. So that's nice. fine. There we go. Okay, there you go. Kind of cheating you got one. Brad Wilk's not like a Black Sabbath member, really. Yeah, but he played on a Black In Sabbath spirit. record. He was pretty much a member. He played on it, so yeah, he's a okay. member. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> or we could have went with Dio, and then when we did Tenacious D, and then the Meatloaf route, or even when we did Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Yeah. See? There's a lot okay. of different ways to go. Yeah. There's a lot of All different right. ways to go. All right, so let's move on. So our six that was our six degrees of Tom DeLong. Let's get into the album of the week. We have a big one to to really get through and dissect. So what are we doing today, Jeff? Uh Black Sabbaths, Black Sabbaths.
The band, known as Black Sabbath, formed in 1969 with Ozzy Osbourne on vocals, Tony Iommi on guitar, Bill Ward on drums, and Geezer Butler on bass. The band have put out 19 full-length records, three EPs, eight live albums, 13 comps, and are the most influential metal band of all time. But we're doing today we are doing Black Sabbath's Black Sabbath. It's the band's first album, and it was released February 13th, 1970. It features the original lineup of the band and is regarded as the first metal album and the greatest metal album of all time. Now, uh, Jeff and Skip, uh, what are our first imp- our our, our uh, origin story? Slow down there, dude. What are our origin stories with Black Sabbath? <laughs> we'll start with Jeff, then Skip, and then me. So that'll be the order of everything here. So yeah, what do you got, Jeff? Go. go. It's uh, it has to be Iron Man. I don't remember the first time that I heard Iron Man, but Iron Man has to be the first time that I've ever heard Black Sabbath. And my mom was never like a big metal person and she liked zeppelin a lot but like ccr was mainly like her 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 kind of um classic era of, of rock band so, yeah. she's a little bit i don't know she i don't know i don't know when she was born oh she was born 1967 that's right i just found that out two days ago <laughs> um so so like the the whole 70s era of stuff was kind of lost except for ccr so iron man is only the only sabbath song i remember learning or hearing and then when i started learning guitar Iron Man was the first song that I kind of learned how to play like all the way through. Mm-hmm. So that that's definitely like a formative uh, song in my guitar playing. But it really wasn't until until we started doing the pod where you kept bringing Sabbath songs in, and I was like, oh wow, this like it gets better and better and better. And then it really wasn't until I got more into like the stoner rock, doom metal stuff that I went back and then really appreciated what Sabbath had done. Yeah. So, like, my actual introduction is way long ago, but my keen introduction is only like five years at most. Yeah. Okay. All right, then, Uh, Skip. What's your what's your origin story with the Black Sabbaths? With the Black Sabbaths? Well, I mean, I'm I'm a Brummie. I'm from Birmingham, UK. So, and they're my dad's favorite band. So, I guess they've always been around. I I couldn't tell you. You know, when I first first heard them, it would have been as a kid, literally, you know, either on the radio or on a you know, tape machine or, or any of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, my dad was at the last ever Sabbath gig. Didn't invite me. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty shit. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, I mean, I can remember hearing this album. I can remember, obviously, Paranoid, the single you know, it still gets radio play, uh, you know, on rock stations over here. We don't have K-Rock, but we have the similar versions. I think we talked about radio last time, didn't we? So let's yeah, go down that BBC route. Radio. B- like, B- BBC, yeah. Yeah, BBC a, 1, 2, 4, 5, 100. 75, yeah, like that. <laughs> so yeah, they've always, and then as a teenager, you know, getting into music and kind of discovering it, say, like, you know, hanging out in bedrooms, doing things you shouldn't be doing and stuff. You know, if you if you hang out in any teenager in, in Birmingham's, you know, room long enough, you're gonna hear some Sabbath, you're gonna hear some Aussie. They're, they're a band that have just always been there. Almost to the point where you kind of underappreciate them, you know, because yeah. you just take them for granted. Um and then yeah, my, my girlfriend's a Sabbath fan. So yeah, this month's been really great actually, like diving back in. It's probably been a few years since I've really listen to some of these albums but then others are in regular rotation yeah because okay. that, that's so good 
Yeah. They're fucking awesome, man. These the Aussie era is just so goddamn good. Yeah. Um okay, so yeah, your origin story, you don't really know cuz um you've you live in Birmingham. So yeah. since just, his origin, really since Skip's origin, he has been listening <laughs> to uh Black Sabbath really. Probably in yeah, the womb. True. Yeah, probably in. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right then. Um so yeah, my origin story is uh I mean, probably Iron Man. I don't specifically remember when I heard that, but I that was probably probably that because my mom listened to a lot of classic rock and um they used to play Iron Man and and Paranoid on on KLOS, the classic rock station here. 95.5, uh, your Uncle Joe Benson. Yep. In, in L.A. So, uh, so yeah, that was probably my first introduction, but it wasn't until like seventh grade, and I took my cousin's burn CD of the best of the best of compilation, and uh, and that was when I really kind of just loved it. Absolutely fucking loved it. And then I was kind of, I just kind of listened to that over and over again, and then when I saw Sabbath, the original lineup of Black Sabbath in 2005, um, that was when I was I was just absolutely blown away. And then I went on Amazon and I bought all their CDs on Amazon that night. And I just was I was just obsessed with them after I saw the that lineup, Amazing. that show. So that's my origin story. Is uh, it was is that stuff. So um, let's jump into the the fucking Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath self titled record. Um, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. we're just gonna go through this track by track. There's only five tracks, and um, kind of. If if it's a banger, we'll let you know, and uh, yeah, just go from there. Talk about lyrics, all that good stuff. So, what do we have on the first Black Sabbath record, or on the first song, Black Sabbath? I mean, they're they're all bangers. All five of these songs are bangers. True. Some parts of these songs, because we're doing the the North American version, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Some parts of these songs are are more banger ish than <laughs> other parts of the same song. So, mm-hmm. but they're all they're all bangers. Um, I think I think. I think Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath from Black Sabbath. I think that's your best song. That's the best song they've ever done. That is really like like okay. when Skip had said we will send Paranoid to the Aliens, which I agree as an album as a whole. But if I say if if you were to say send one song, it's Black Sabbath. Be that's that. it. That's I the think it's down. the then, last. The last track they played. Sent that, that fucking when you sent that that demo today of of the the extended demo, whatever it was for for yeah, Black yeah. Sabbath, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. Like that was even more fucking crazy. That that was. It was even cooler, right? That, I don't know, man. That that even kind of gave me chills. That was like, wow. I can't even imagine thinking like I'm I'm growing up listening to the Stones play bootleg American blues music and getting tired of that, and then hearing Black Sabbath drop this album and it's just so <laughs> fucking weird. And I totally understand why people thought they were they were like devil worshippers because. Damn! Like, what? What There's else would you nothing think? Nothing sounded like this. Nothing. What else would you like think this. when you heard this shit, dude? These guys are fucking from hell. They are from hell, <laughs> and that that demo version, my God, it's just it's slower. It's it's more aggressive in the vocals because he's just he's like taunting you. Yeah, yeah. and he he sounds he sounds more dramatic, not dramatic, but he just sounds more emotional when he yells and screams, and it's it's an intense track i mean it's a it's over nine minutes long there's an extra verse in there they they i think they tuned down half a step or something like that on that on that demo it's a it's a great i i'd never heard it until today and it was uh it's quite the gem it's fucking awesome it's really cool dude dude, this song is just this song is unreal like like i guess like earlier pieces of black sabbath have permeated into my my younger brain right like the cover of dookie and then mm-hmm. gutter mouth when when they you know talk about Ozzy and, and other things like so like little bits bits and pieces of like pop culture have gotten in there but 
but this i mean when we started this whole listen through and the the the, the vinyl thing when he says like what is this that stands before me like i never i never really like got into that line got into that opener got into that that whole instrumental part that even like builds up to that thing and that mm-hmm. line out of context by itself what is it that that stands before me it's stupid it's a throwaway line it's dumb <laughs> but when it builds up to it i don't know it's kind of weird it's kind of eerie i don't like it it makes you makes you feel weird. Makes you feel uneasy. Yeah. Get, get the shakes. Get the shakes. And then and reading the story behind the song, like the lyrics and everything, it makes it even more eerie. Supposedly. It's a scary song, man. Yeah, supposedly. 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 Throw that out there. Which we'll get into. Yeah, we'll get into to the lyrics in a bit. We'll I love lore. I love lore, but I mean that's come on, that's silly boy talk. But but it's fucking cool. But the butts are for pooping. Right. It's true. They the are. whole the whole like second verse, dude, is just I don't it, know. Fucking, fucking crazy! It's like <laughs> Satan sitting there, he's smiling, like literally mentioning him by name, watching mm-hmm. flames get higher, higher. Ooh, yeah, that's creepy, that's man. Creepy, dude. It's creepy. <laughs> just that the the three those three notes too. Just that that those three <laughs> guitar <laughs> notes. <laughs> oh my god, dude, it's <sighs> fucking amazing. And the way Geezer comes in with that, he goes boom, and then it hits that first note. That kind of like, not a slide in, but whatever you want to call it. It's fucking. It's so good. It's so, so goddamn dope. good. So dope. Yeah. So what do you have? What do you have on this one, Skip? I mean, yeah. What an introduction, you know. And again, like I said in the rankings, we're going to talk about context and how I think it's really important to take context with, particularly this album. You know, yeah. This is 1970, opening with the sound of a thunderstorm and the bells. That's kind of corny in 2022, but in 1970. That's that's atmosphere. Sure, yeah, you know, and you're like, yeah, and that, yeah, three note riff, you know, instrumentally, like it just builds before you get Ozzy coming in. You know, it's it's been playing for a couple of minutes before he starts. It's oh, it, you know what, Jeffrey is right. If you had to, say, if it's one song, one song, then it's Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath from the album Black Sabbath. <laughs> you, <laughs> so you know, good. and you got to, yeah, you know, this is a band who were working class kids from Birmingham, you know, and what that really meant, you know, you've got to understand like the class system, not so much a thing. It's still there these days, but you know, it's, it's a particularly British thing. And if you were working class, you know, factory boy, that was what you did. You went to school till you were about 15, you left, you got a job in your, the same factory your dad worked in, you married the girl next door, you spat out a couple of kids, you retired, and then you died. That, that was it. Out a couple of kids. <laughs> that, you know, there was there was no escape. There was nothing expected of you, and you didn't expect anything. You know, and these guys were rough. You know, I remember I went to the the Sabbath exhibition, which is amazing, and it's about one of the few things that Birmingham's gone. Actually, we're pretty great. We're pretty great. <laughs> And they had this incredible <laughs> exhibition at the art gallery of all things Black Sabbath. They rebuilt Tony Iommi's studio in the art gallery, basically. That's so rad. Pretty awesome. Yeah. And, oh, it was so cool. So much stuff they just had kicking around and loads of fans. Like, there's like a whole wall of fans in Sabbath t-shirts and stuff like that. It was a really cool, like, inclusive experience. If it ever tours and it's, it's over, I, I recommend going to it. But I don't know if it ever will. But, you know, I remember there's a thing that struck me. It's this poster. It's an old gig poster. It's from like 69 or something. And it says, you know, four lads from Birmingham. You better beware. And that was true. You know, we, <laughs> these guys would go out and fight. And 
you know, they were working in, well, you know, the whole Tony's Fingers thing. You know, they were working dangerous mm-hmm. jobs for fuck all money. And that was what they were expected to do. And this, this music was their escapism, you know, and they were a blues band. You can hear it all across this album. And, oh, you know, this whole album is basically their live set at the time. That's why it's got the covers as well. And, you know, imagine being in this fucking tiny bar. You know, you've got a warm pint of beer in a glass that you can use <laughs> for hitting someone. There's this shitty pub stage that's maybe just on a couple of beer crates. You know, these four rough-looking guys get on and then that riff kicks in, you know, before this, so this so guy God. stumbles oh, on, grabs does that whole two two hands on the mic Aussie thing, you know, and just yeah. starts the, what is this? And you'd be like, I mean, the hairs on your neck, man, they go, you know? <laughs> it's just, yeah, you could have been, you know, no wonder the critics hated it and no wonder the kids loved it. Yeah, oh, totally, just, man. It's pure atmosphere. And then when 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 the build-up finishes and that riff comes in, you know, when it oh kicks into a gear, and you just and Satan's coming around the bend, you're like, yeah, yeah, you know. And it is it, <laughs> again, it's goofy now and stuff, but like they needed escapism from their lives. You know, they 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 couldn't mm-hmm. write about what they knew because what they knew was getting up, going to work. You know, and and, and Birmingham's not really like that anymore, right? Uh, or is it like so. parts of parts of the city that are like so, it? So like Aston, Aston is where they're from, and that's still pretty. It's pretty run down. Um, it's still you know there's all these old red brick factory buildings still. I mean Birmingham's like massively cleaned up now, and you know we did the Commonwealth yeah. Games this year and stuff, and we've just been voted like foodie city of the country, which is pretty cool. And yeah, there's some really great <laughs> stuff. Where where I live, I live in a jewelry quarter. Uh, darling mm-hmm. which is like it's all like cobblestone streets and it's where a lot of jewelry has been made for hundreds of years and is still made and there's all these nice, wow. nice cool bars and places to hang and yeah, yeah Birmingham's changed an awful lot but there is still a so so I we might have talked about this before um like comparing it to to Peaky Blinders because that show <laughs> takes place in Birmingham it but you does. know like the the it street does. that they that they live on like in the first couple seasons uh, yeah, is, yeah, is a lot yeah. of Birmingham like that does it look a lot like that is that yes accurate? yeah yeah for sure if you go down okay. like if you go down Digbeth it's still kind of like yeah yeah these old red brick pubs and these these like yeah rough and ready streets and um it's all a bit I mean you know part part of Digbeth is literally called Cheapside which gives you an idea um yeah it's, you know it was very yeah yeah you lived around the factories that you went to work in you know there's there's a lot more greenery now uh which mm-hmm. actually started with stuff like cabris which is a chocolate brand over here i don't think you guys get it over there or maybe you do now never heard you know, of he it. was he was a quaker who came in and went actually like workers deserve to live in nice conditions and there's a village called it's a part of birmingham that started as a village called bourneville that was a like quaker town and he built houses specifically so workers could have a garden and stuff like that you know huh. Oz, ozzy didn't have a toilet inside for the first 20 years of his life you know things like <laughs> it's fucking crazy things like that yeah well yeah you know and as to I think say, about yeah. like in england you know it's not like it's a you know a third world country or it hasn't been for a long time you know no but you, you know there's that, they were called the yeah. back-to-backs, you know, and it's these kind of two-room houses, you know, you'd have one room, maybe two rooms upstairs, one room downstairs, and you'd have families of five to seven people living in them, you know, the Birmingham back-to-backs. You can still go around a few of them. Um, I think they use them, some of them, for the Peaky Blinders filming. And, okay. uh, you know, they're tiny, and whole families, three generations would be living in them. You know, 
That's crazy. Yeah, it's, That's fucking nuts. It is yeah. crazy. It's, it's, it's comparatively to like the, like the U.S., just like an entire land mass area that's not even the size of California. <laughs> oh, it's, it's mental, def- yeah. That's, fucking and, nuts. As I say, you know, if you were on the bottom rung, you didn't get off that bottom rung, you know, which is where these boys yeah. were. You know, it was, I think one of the things that, yeah, you know, one of the reasons that they play so hard is, yeah, this was their escapism. This was a way out that didn't exist. And they, yeah, and they, I remember they it into existence. <laughs> I uh, I heard an interview a long time ago that Bill Ward did, and he said his inspiration for drumming not his well, I guess it's his inspiration, but he took it from like hearing the factories going all night and just like the repetitive sound of the machines moving, and he took that. It was like a subconscious thing when he started to play the drums. So he 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 would play the drums like he heard the machines going oh, in yeah. the factories all night. 100%. There's a quote um, around an area called Longbridge, which is another kind of factory-built area, and it's just a, it's a plaque, and it just reads, I slept to the sound of hammers. Um, <laughs> and it's, yeah, you know, it was. It was which is, know, which industrial is like, revolution. It's industry. Yeah. That's yeah. that's such a bittersweet thing to do there, to, because if he's going to the sleep, or if he's going to sleep to the sound of hammers, like he's already at a younger age, understanding rhythm, patterns, things like that. It's permeating into his, his mind, and he's enjoying it because you only sleep to shit that you fucking enjoy. Oh, and yeah, you know. You're not sleeping yeah. to, to, to whatever shit that you don't enjoy. So that's cool that he's already doing that at a very young age. Yeah, I think yeah. that's where the groove of Sabbath come from is, yeah, it's very rhythmic. They're very, I mean, for all that Iomi is a guitar hero, you know, he's he's quite tasteful compared to others at the time. You know, he's a better, he's a he's a really good rhythm player. That's why I prefer him to Page because I think... Page maybe had some, had better leads, and he's got his kind of swanky style. He's rough and ready, but that kind of works. But in terms of actual tight rhythm playing, like Iomi owns Page all over the book in my in my book book in my book. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Potting is hard. also okay. you know Page Page is way sloppier too. Yeah, that's he's a guitar what I'm saying. player, yeah, but he's, he's a sloppy player. Yeah, he's not tight at all. Like, yeah, you know, Tony is though. Oh God, so tight, so tight. You know, I say well, if we're going to sit here and fucking debate who's a better guitar player, Page or, or Tony Yomi, I mean, if we're not even talking about songwriting or anything like that, that's fine. If we're just talking about straight up who is fucked up constantly more during live performances and can't put on a good show, then yeah, Page takes the cake there. I get it. <laughs> but I'm not going to sit here and have both of you badmouth Jimmy Page as he's not <laughs> fucking top three greatest guitar players of all time, if not greatest guitar player of all time. So that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> Damn, man, we really struck a nerve with you, huh? You did, because it's annoying. I'm tired of this Jimi Hendrix fucking thing. I get it, I get it. He's he's not, no. Jimmy Page is the greatest guitarist ever lived. Fact. Move on. <sighs> That's a bold statement, bold statement. <sighs> All right. Um, okay, so back so yeah, to the musically, song. <laughs> yeah, back to the song. Uh, also, you know, what I really love that Ozzy does is is when he screams, he says, oh, God, please help me. And it just get, his voice kind of rings out, and then just everything comes crushing in. It's... Yeah. God, it's just a really well-crafted <laughs> song through and through. It you sounds so dumb, but verse. it's so cool. <laughs> it's so good. I think I think that that the hammer-ons that that Tony's doing, I think that's like a, a, a severe afterthought. And I I because I don't in the, the the demo, but it almost seems like they wrote this song, and I can just imagine him playing it live. And like this is kind of boring. That third note. Let me just see mm-hmm. how this sounds. That <laughs> yeah, and like that that was like also like another another like Kindle in the fire to birth like this fucking extravagant full sound that is Black Sabbath because it sounds out of place. It sounds weird. If somebody did it now today, it would it would be cheesy and dumb because yeah. he did it first. Because he, he did, did it the first, best. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's so simple too. That that's that's the beauty behind it is how simple it is. 
three fucking notes, and then the, with the hammer on. Bing, yeah, ring, it's ring, crazy, ring, but it's so good, man. And and I mean, also, people listening, I'm sure they know, but it, we still have to bring it up. The reason Tony has a very distinct style because two of his fingers, the tips of his fingers, were cut off, so he used to have to play with plastic, like. Um, not like toothpaste caps, but like some sort of like dishwashing soap caps or something like that. That's how he relearned how to play guitar was with those plastic things on his finger. So he had to press down on the strings harder and he had to kind of relearn how to play guitar. And I think that's just, it's, it's so cool. I mean, yeah, it sucks cool. that he lost his fingers, but I don't think we, he, they would have the career they have if he, if that hadn't happened, you know? So, so, he, I mean, the, just going off of that too, he's, he's left-handed. There's, yeah, please. there's that. Yeah. So like when 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 we say that he lost his fingertips on his right hand, you think like okay, well who gives a fuck? Um, but like the more I was kind of like reading about things and him, and I watched a, a Loudwire did an interview with him, and and he had said that that somebody actually the old foreman from the job that he worked at, and the like like the way he lost his fingers is fucked up too. It's kind of scary. I mean, losing your finger I guess would be scary in any way, but <laughs> like some fucking piece of machinery fell down, smashed his fingers, and just by like sheer just. Like like reaction, he pulled his hand back, and he mm. looked down, and his fingers were still sitting there. Oh, fuck. That's fucking nasty. <laughs> so the guy, the guy, the fucking foreman, and he wasn't even supposed to be using that machine. Some guy called out of fucking work. Whoever that guy is, fuck that guy. Actually, not fuck that guy because maybe not Black Sabbath. Some guy called out, so therefore, you know, fifteen year old Tony had to work the machine. But the foreman that day had given Tony a, uh, according to lore, also given him a, a, a Jangle Reinhardt EP. I was like, hey, dude, check this out. This guy's a really great oh, guitarist. Yeah. What do you think? And Tony's like, oh, yeah, he's really fucking good. He's like, yeah, he only got fucking two fingers. So quit being a bitch and go fucking play guitar. <laughs> and so that, <laughs> like, according to Lord, that also kind of, like, 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 inspired him to be better. But, yeah, he, like, crafted fingertips. But it made him be more, like, aware of, of how he's placing his fingers. So he has to, like, buy lighter strings. I, I read that he bought, like, banjo strings because they're thinner, they're lighter. He can press mm -hmm. down easier, down-tune his guitar. And he's not using the same kind of chords and and kind of like a, what do you call it, like a scale patterns. He's doing other things. He's, I mean, that's getting in, not getting into to more complex musical theory because I don't understand a lot of, like, the fourths and fifths and things that he was doing. But mm -hmm. that's that's where he went with that and that help craft the iconic sound of, uh, of Black Sabbath. Yeah. Black Sabbath there's a lot Black more, Sabbath. there's a lot of fifths in this playing and a lot less fourths because then the chord shape was really hard to do with the fingertips. Right. I think. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I mean, what's interesting about this album is it's the only one he recorded with a strap uh, and you can hear in the guitar tones, I think in bits of it, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's that single coil sound as opposed to that kind of chuggy SG. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the SG, I think, yeah. Uh, which again, I like how he, wasn't it, wasn't the story he found somebody who had like a right-handed player who was playing a left-handed SG? Lefty, and they swapped. And yeah, yeah. They, swapped they swapped it, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's so rad. And it's like, obviously the SG is such a part of his sound these days, but yeah, and you can hear it's a strat and parts of this because it's mm -hmm. that thinner, yeah, single coil hot sound. Yeah, it's sound. much thinner, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't got that, hasn't got the, the Sabbath chunk. And this is a less riffy <laughs> album overall, I think, than certainly the two that came after. You know, oh, definitely, definitely. It's, it's but there's a lot more, more jamming too. They, yeah, this yeah. is this is probably their bluesiest record yeah, they've 100%. ever put out. It's Especially it's with just those their jams. Live set. This is just a live set, you know. Yeah. Oh, so so <laughs> let's touch upon that real quick. So they had two days to record this record. They thought that was too long, so they ended up recording this entire record in 12 hours, all live. They had Ozzy sit in a sound in a sound booth 
by himself while the band played and they just they cut it in 12 hours they mixed it the second day and then it was released and they, they, they didn't they, think anything of it you know they jammed it they it's went crazy. to the pub they came back and mixed it yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's fucking insane man that the, that this iconic record was done in 12 hours it's I think, unreal I, I think there's a, a couple takeaways from that like one that really shows like just how how not jimmy page they are right like a studio musician who you can do whatever the fuck he wants in the studio these like like skip was saying these are working class kids at best trying mm-hmm. to do something that may possibly maybe get them out of the working class life and one day is a fucking lot to these people like that's a whole day out of work that's a whole day doing bullshit work whatever they're doing yeah. so like to for them True. to think that one day like that's a lot like because it is a lot right like taking off work for a day when you really need the yeah. money i think they did it mid tour that's a lot. i think they literally went out and did a gig the next night and we're like cool they, yeah, they like 20 bucks <laughs> yeah. yeah in switzerland they had to go to, they were traveling to switzerland to pay, get paid 20 bucks yeah <laughs> that's fucking nuts man that's fucking nuts and the other thing too is like the producer for him to think or, or I, I don't know if he if he realized it or if he was just kind of like I don't know, going with the flow, but for him to allow these these kids to to fuck around live and record this in one day, very <laughs> very little dubs and just like hey yeah just play, have a good time, like that's and pretty. This is what they get. Wow, that's either extremely lucky or extremely brilliant. God damn. All right, so so this song, um, so did you guys read well, about yeah. or maybe you, maybe you guys can 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 expand on this, but the. The riff that he plays is part of like the Diab- Diabolus in, in Musica, which is like a satanic thing. Did you guys read more into that? Yeah, isn't not? it? Isn't it? Isn't it? The, yeah, the, it's like Satan's fifth or something. It's called. It's, it's like a. It's, it was kind of a series of notes that were banned because they sound evil. Like back in the Middle Ages. I mean, I'm. I'm okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like so, like it was like yeah, it's like it was like the devil's progression essentially, and it's like oh, you can't, you can't. You can't do that like it's it's because it sounds evil and it does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really bizarre and it's the time that, you think that you, know, you, could, thing. you could conjure spirits you know, say we are talking about like the 1400s 1500s you know mm. um, and so like I, I think it's i could be wrong i know that is a thing um and so like that, i mean that's pretty metal you know to be like, I'm gonna it is, play it's like one of the most metal things you could do they're, they're that gets into like a lot of conjured the devil <laughs> I, I don't I, I'm just not familiar with with that type of complex like musical writings and tritones like I don't I don't know that type of like musical theory so Same. I know when people write about them and say oh yeah he's using these force or he's using a lot of force instead of fist because his fingers all fucked up like I don't quite know what that means mm-hmm. so I did I did read a little bit about that but I am like just going back to the Diabolist and music. It automatically made me think of the Slayer album that I really liked from the nineties. Oh, like, yeah, from the nineties, that new metal one. That little new metal one that was so <laughs> yeah. good. That's pretty good. It. Yeah, I like it. It's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. There you go. Okay, so let's jump into the lore real quick, and then obviously that'll lead into the lyrics. Um, do do one of you guys want to tackle that, or do you want me to? Oh, you go for it, big boy. It's your part. Yeah. Yeah, you're okay, the, uh, so, you're like the teacher here. You you delegate, otherwise it's okay, free for right. all. Okay, you're right. You're right. So the the lore behind this is uh, Ozzy had stolen some like witchcraft spell book. Uh, apparently, it was written back in like the 1600s or something like that. He stole it, gave it to Geezer. Geezer read it, whatever. Put it up on his shelf. Went to sleep that night. Woke up in the middle of the night with a dark figure at the foot of his. It gives me chills even just like when I read it or talk about it. I don't know why. 
he saw, he sees a dark figure at the end of his bed. He sees it walk over. He sees it walk, and then he run, and then he like passes out or something. And then when he wakes up again, he runs over to go check on the book, and the book is gone. And that's the the lore of this song, this band really. And um, nobody knows what happened to that book. And that's why uh, some of the lyrics in this song, you know, reference it with what is this that stands before me, that creepy line. And once you know the story, you're like, wow, this is like makes the, the hair on your neck stand up. It's good. It's really, it I love like, the lore of this. Sounds like he just had like sleep paralysis. Maybe yeah, like yeah. Mm. drinking too much, working too much. But uh, I don't know. It's cool lore. I dig it. There's nothing it's wrong with too. like a bunch of guys getting together, creating a fucking fantastic album and saying, here, here's what happened. And then forever living to that lie. I respect that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, again, because obviously they're, they're so grounded in where they're from and stuff and being these, you know, guys, you know, he's a guy who just likes the football, loves his Aston Villa, uh, you know, <laughs> play with the bass now and then. And, um, yeah, so, like, it, it sounds, it's more believable. Even I mean, it's mm-hmm. good bullshit, but it's more believable because it comes from, you know, it's not this airy-fairy, like, hoity-toity, English literature student coming up with this idea, you know, it's it's yeah, it's a down and dirty brummy, and I think that gives it more more kind of meaning and like yeah, and more kind of credibility, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, it's great self mythologizing and mythologizing. Mytho- Parting is hard, <laughs> but yeah, but there's this there's this great yeah yeah you know and yeah you know the whole figure in black which points at me and yeah Jeff's right it sounds like sheep paralysis it's a common. A common thing, as they say, is a woman sitting on your chest, isn't it? Like a, a devilish woman. Yeah. And yeah, these guys drank, you know, they drank. Like, that's all you could do. That's all you did, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> in the, in I mean, and I think the at this time, they, they didn't even have, you know, the harder drugs like cocaine and things like that. Oh, God, I mean, they wouldn't no. be able to afford it. No. Even no. weed, I don't even think they would really have. I think it was just all the. No, blues. I mean, that didn't really come in until, until Master of Reality. Yeah, this is just like yeah. sinking pints and pints of bitter. And this is like before, before the side attack. So it had been. Probably cider because it was literally half the price of beer back then. Um, Wait, what was it? The, the cider used to be super, super cheap. That's why it's a working oh. first drink. And then they bought in a cider tax because there used to be pubs that just sold cider because it was so much cheaper. Um, oh, and shit. then they, they bought in a tax on it. To, they, they put it up to the same tax as, as beer and it killed like a load of bars overnight because they had to start charging. Um, so yeah, that's why cider is kind of a, wow. a worker's drink. Yeah. Look at that! We're this is a little history lesson. There. I had no idea. There you go. Yeah, no, my <laughs> my dad remembers the cider tax coming in. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay. That's why he doesn't drink cider anymore. He was like, no, everyone, everyone switched to beer overnight, pretty much. Yeah, why well, cider? Cider shit. I mean, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But yeah, if you have a, if you had a choice, I would definitely not drink that. <laughs> but yeah, you could get twice as much bang for your buck, you know, on your wage. You, you'd go for two pints for the price of one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's, a, okay. it's a fighting drink as well, you know, especially you know, cider, a snake bite, which is cider and beer mixed together. That is, that shit drives you crazy. There's all the sugars <laughs> in the cider, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's fighting drink. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really not into that snake bite. I've had a snake bite before. It's just, it's gross, <sighs> man. It's rough, man. <laughs> yeah, it's two things I don't like: the cider and the stout, or the Guinness, or whatever. It's you put okay. In. You got you got to get a good pairing. You got to get a good pairing. Mm. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay okay um uh so so lyrically the i mean it, it is it is really dark like we talked about that especially that second verse big black shape with eyes of fire telling people their desire satan sitting there he's smiling watches those watches those flames get higher and higher oh Ooh. so good i love it it, it paints such up, a perfect man. picture That's fucked up for 1970 dude yeah, yeah. 
Definitely. Like they were just burning mm-hmm. fucking Beatles albums after John Lennon had dropped some shit, right? Like now <laughs> this guy comes out with 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 Satan like in fire. Like come on, are you when, when he me? said when he said the Beatles are bigger than Jesus. Like come on, <laughs> it's such a dumb thing to say. It's such a dumb thing. Like they beat the, the world, especially the U.S. Like lost their minds. <laughs> yeah, you guys went crazy, and then you shot him. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Wait, did you guys did you guys ever watch Angry Beavers? Second to worst. Yeah, beaver. I remember Angry Beavers. Do you remember the episode where they they were like essentially the Beatles, and then Norbert said that they were bigger than sliced bread, like literal sliced, <laughs> sliced bread, and then they they burned all of their their like, like it was like a whole Beatles thing. Oh, they burned so all the, the Beatles fever I don't remember that. And Jeff, so you're right. So good, you're right. He is the second worst Beatle. That's fine. You're correct. Who Lennon? Yeah, yeah. Lennon's for sure the second worst Beatle. Oh it's yeah, all about, definitely. It's all about George. It's all about George. It's all about Paul, but that's okay. Okay. Temporary secretary. Temporary. Forget about it. I love that song though. <laughs> it's so goddamn good. But really, oh, right? Man. Like, 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 dude, just not even what f- probably five years before, maybe like two years. I don't know, five to two years before this, like <laughs> Lennon had said they were bigger than than Jesus, and the the U.S. lost their fucking mind, burning albums. Like, like it's some kind of fucking crusade. It's silly. And this <laughs> album drops, and they're like literally talking about Satan here. And how like fire is coming up and all of this imagery and mm. and it's the sound is kind of scary and this is completely against like the church and I, it's fucking bizarre that this was not this was not blown up more I don't know maybe I just didn't read too but much also, into it but it wasn't it but, wasn't banned like it like the fucking Beatles were but when you think about it at the, when when Lennon said that you know the Beatles were the biggest band in the world and you know they were on top of everything and to say that yeah I mean that that's why people reacted but sabbath were nothing they were a bar band you know they yeah this is their first record they had no no you know they had no fans around the world you know what i mean yeah, so i, mean, so I think that's why they got away with it already deal with, hard but when you yeah. deal with religion people lose their minds more than like anything else and even like south park right bring it back to like a contemporary thing south park like pretty much every episode they've done there's still a handful of episodes that you can't watch anywhere. No streaming services, not on YouTube, nowhere. Yeah, not even their of, website has it anymore, does it? Like yeah, drops. exactly, yeah, because yeah. of the depiction of Muhammad. Yeah. Because yeah. they thought it would be funny, and it is kind of funny, but they thought it would be funny to like draw <laughs> Muhammad, and it caused a big thing. And because of like death threats and stuff, it is now censored. Even when you buy like South Park DVDs, it's still censored, or it's completely omitted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. That's still, t- that's in fucking the, 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 this, this, this generation we live in. This is 1970. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. How did the world not lose their mind? I mean, also, I think the fact that, like, I mean, as a general rule, like, the lyrics for Sabbath songs, they're usually sort of mono or duo, you know, syllabic. They're not big. He doesn't use, you know, Giza keeps it deliberately simple. And then, obviously, Oz's deliveries. So you can hear the words as well. There's no, like, (laughs) you know, there's no murking or something like that. you know what he's True. talking about, you know? <laughs> and Definitely. I think that's really cool. It's, it's an accessibility. And, you know, it's that weird, you know, yeah. You know, as a kid, I didn't know that Ozzy didn't write all the words because you grow up thinking, oh, singers write their own words. But actually, you know, yeah, 9% <laughs> of it is, is, is the bass player. He wasn't even yeah. a bass player. He was a guitar player. He's not doing anything else. He might as well write lyrics, right? Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, he's his bass tone. He's his bass playing, and his tone on this album is is incredible. Like it's so, oh, it's, it's so. We're getting sidetracked, but you know it's so cool in terms. Of, like it's got so much attack, but so much tone rolled off at the same time. It's mm-hmm. like you can hear like because he's a fingerstyle player, 
you know, he says he only ever plays with a pick when he's so far from into a tour that his fingers are bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> and that's he's like the only time you'll see me with a pick is when I can't play with my fingers anymore because we've you know we've toured for two fucking solid years or whatever. Yeah, uh, I love you how you hear, can. Yeah, you can hear like the clacking because yeah. even even when you watch him play the bass, like he's he's really really slapping those strings, but he's not slapping with his thumb; he's slapping with his, all of his other fingers, you know. So it, it's yeah. like he's almost playing, almost like he's playing like a stand up bass on an electric bass. It's you know similar I mean? to how John Entwistle played as well, like kind of typewriter thing. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's really kind True. of like yeah aggressive and you know, but it's it's weird because it's almost got a, a, like a moi to it as well. It's like clack and then moi and then the note. And it's just, yeah, it fills true, huh? so much, so much sonic space. Like, it's, it's killer tone, man. It's killer it tone. Is. All right. So do we have anything else on the, the Black Sabbath song? Or have we kind of, you know, I think run through it all? Got a, where kind of, does it it's stand? kind of fun that we've, that we've only, this is my 1B. This is my personal 1B. Personal this is my 1B, 1B as well. Yeah. This is my Hamlet. So it's my 2B. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In jokes. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. All right. So then let's jump into The Wizard. So this starts out with the harmonica. It's very loud, loud, loud in the mix. And it, that part's kind of annoying, but it's a solid song. What, so what are you guys' first impressions on, on this song? But like even, even I, I know you hate the harmonica in general, but even this harmonica sounds fucking weird. It sounds yeah. creepy. It does not sound like a, like a Bob Dylan harmonica. Not, not a jailhouse harmonica. It's weird. It's, it's, it's verbed up, yeah. maybe. There's something about it that's just weird. It's, maybe it's the way he plays that. that it's the way, like, maybe it's like that abrupt stop that he does. Because yeah. that stop is weird. The it's, way he just. It's kind stops of droney. And nothing else. Kind of yeah. droney as well. And like, it almost sounds like it's been played quite far away from the mic. You know, it's sort of like, yeah, maybe it's verbed up, as you're saying. It kind of comes in, and then, yeah, that weird. It sounds almost like, like, like fantasy music. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. A little goofy. I, I, I mean, I get heavy <laughs> Tolkien vibes from this song, which makes sense. Being Tolkien was also grew up in Birmingham and stuff, so certainly I wouldn't be surprised Actually, if these guys that. had read The Hobbit and stuff. You know, yeah. Jumping ahead. To well, the I mean, Geezer, Geezer did say that the, the the lyrics were about Gandalf and Lord of the Rings. There you go. That makes sense. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's that was his inspiration. But then. I mean, lyrically, it could be taken as as a couple different things, but but he said, yeah, that was the main inspiration was uh, was Gandalf, yeah. which I think this is pretty is, um, rad, especially I, at the time. I mean, eh, I don't care. Who gives a fuck about Lord of the Rings? There's only one return that's of the Jedi. <laughs> you know, exhausting. actually, now speaking of like people that are from Birmingham, you know, Kenny Baker is from uh, Birmingham. Really, I did eh? not know that. Yeah, yeah. Do they have yeah. an R two D two museum? They do not, but he does have a star on the Walk of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> nice on the Birmingham Walk of Fame. Yeah, yeah, which is where that's where Black Sabbath what? Bridge is. Obviously, Ozzy has as one. Um, well, all the really? I, I didn't. I had no idea they had a Walk of Fame there. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. Huh. <laughs> it's, it's pretty small. Uh, well, it's, it's, is, uh, as long as you have Sabbath Killian and fucking Murphy Kenny Baker, that's Killian Murphy. Is he from Birmingham? <laughs> well, no, I mean Peaky Blinders. I was oh. being an idiot. But. Oh God! There's more to Birmingham than Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I know. I know. It irritates you a little bit, so I like to bring it up. So I've heard, and you can tell me if this is true or not. That in the American version that gets broadcast over there, you guys have to have it subtitled because you can't understand what we're yes. saying. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, one hundred percent. Absolutely. 
That's I can't, especially funny. Arthur. Arthur's the hard. Arthur well, he's, and well, Tom he's, Hardy. He's the worst. Oh, bro, he's the worst Brummy accent. It's like Paul Anderson's a great actor. I like said this every time, but uh, his his accent is so wandering. What like Killian Murphy's is pretty good, I think, mm-hmm. as a Brummy because it's 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 clip. You know, he's a bit Arthur's a bit more black or dry, and there's a little bit of Mancunian in there for some reason. Well, it's like you know the way Thomas talks, it's quite succinct. And it's quite clipped, and everything will belong to us. And that's quite that's more brummy than the oh, what's going on? In the, yeah, it's all a bit happy. <laughs> Honestly, what it is is it's it's like it's a lot of work. You don't we, like I we don't have to have the subtitles on, but it's a lot of fucking work. Like trying to decipher what they're saying and then put it into the context of what's actually happening. It's a lot of fucking mental work to do. Because it's, it's tough. It's tough to understand what they're saying. So putting the subtitles on just makes it easier to follow the story. Yeah. Don't need it, if, but it just it I, makes it easier. I think maybe some of the accent is that they talk really fast, so it's hard to pick up on certain things. That's so a brummy I, I, thing. I don't know. That's a brummy is thing. It? Is, okay. Yeah, it's talking really fast. And like yeah, the big they, thing I, like for yeah. me is, is, is like the... Like, and you do it too. Like the three, the TH sound is an F for some reason. And like oh. that really, really throws me off. So when you say like this is a third album, like it takes me like a, several seconds to understand like that's how it's supposed to be said huh. where you are. But by that time, you're already seven, eight, nine words deep, and I've already missed those words. Oh, is that why you but said see, there's no F in free earlier? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, I don't, I don't think you talk very fast, Skip. I, I don't, I don't, I don't hear that. Oh, I slow like, down. I, can, when I mean, I'm... I totally understand you. He slows it down for us, but like slow... it's those words that that three words. And, and and we don't, as humans, we don't always like listen to every word people say. We just put things together in context. And that's why yeah. like when you say a word over, like Kyle, when you say it over and over and over, it sounds weird <laughs> because we've, we've grown up hearing words being said away. So we, we associate that word with a sound rather than being four letters, K-Y-L-E. So when you say it over and over and over, you're disassociating the sound with what it actually is. And that's why it sounds weird. Like there's a whole fucking okay. study on this. This is, the, the, this is like the reason why Kyle sounds weird. And any word you say <laughs> over and over and over sounds weird. This is we, we we hear by like sound and we put things together by sound. So when something I like throws that you've off, done the research because the whole Kyle yeah. thing like threw me off a while back. Mm-hmm. But like when when, when when Skip and people say like free like that's like what like what hold the hold the hold on there, dude. What I mean, like that throws you off, and you're missing yeah. all these other sounds afterwards. I mean, partly I have like part of the accent. I think is like uh, R's aren't very high. unless I roll my R, my R's will drop to W's quite a lot. So that's like in the free sound. If oh, that's I, true, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that is quite a regional thing as well. Um, yeah, it's like people who say something instead of something that really, really gets me. Or people who say Pacific instead of specific. Like specifically, oh, I was yeah. talking about this. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's a giant fucking ocean. <laughs> it literally gets my goat. <laughs> oh, especially oh, when they well, think they're being clever. It really, really. Oh, I just want to punch people. <laughs> I mean, it all, it all boils down to like the whole world should adopt the Southern California dialect because that's the only yes. actual, objective, correct way of speaking English. 
with the long green. accent or nothing exactly. else. Yeah, the power, the power accent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh damn. Power or no way? Yeah. Oh damn. The power or no way? Wow. You can have that one too. <laughs> yeah. You're so giving over here. Yeah. All right, so let's jump back into this. I don't, I don't even know where we were. We're at. on the wizard. We're on the harmonica. Well, I, yeah, the harmonica. But then, how do we jump into accents and? I don't, oh, just, oh, I don't, I don't know. This, this song to me is like this is just like a doom metal jam song. It's it's just strung together by a lot of kind of riffage and and other things here. And they're like, oh, let's just make a song out of it. And what like really sets this song apart for me is is uh, the drumming. There's a fucking cowbell oh, yeah. here. Yeah. Do you hear the yeah. cowbell? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. It, it only does it like four times throughout the entire song. It's it, it's it's subtle and it's always in the back and it's always under like a heavy crash hit or a heavy cymbal, any kind of cymbal hit, and he'll tap that cowbell and that's all you get. That is all you get. <laughs> Amazing. It's fucking great. Yeah. I just I, and I love how Bill fills the space too. You know that there's there's a, there so are a lot busy. of moments. Yeah, it, there are so many moments in the song where Tony Tony and Tony especially just stops playing completely, and then that gives Bill room to kind of do whatever the fuck he wants. And there's some great fills, great parts, and it's just dude, he's such a killer drummer. And I wish he got more credit than he does. There's a cool even thing. though he gets a lot of credit, but yeah, yeah, but a lot of the call and response in in the Sabbath music is actually Ozzy and Bill as opposed to Ozzy and Tony. You know the classic blues True, call yeah. and responsing, and I think that's really cool. I mean, it's inherent, obviously, in this song. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of call and response. It's, this is very bluesy, I think. Um, but then I like Jeff's kind of doom metal ditty comment. I think that's a that's yeah. yeah. It's weird. I, it's a weird song. The harmonica is unsettling. It's unsettling, I think. Is it? Yeah. It's so loud. It's so goddamn loud in the mix, yeah. too. It's it's just, it just hurts your ears sometimes. But I listen. Um, I listen to a lot of Bob mm-hmm. Dylan, and I've never heard Bob Dylan in any way, even remotely close, to playing the harmonica and having it sound like this. I wonder if it's because ever. Ozzy doesn't know how to play the harmonica, mm. and he was the only member who could who actually could do could play it because everybody else had their own instruments. Like I, it just, it just sounds so weird to the point where yeah. he probably doesn't even know how to play. Well, it. I, I generally wonder as well if if when they were tracking this album, you know, they say that he did the vocals but in a different booth. Did he just stay in the booth and do did a harmonica like that? So it's going to naturally can was it oh. literally recorded loud? I'm just I'm I'm throwing out possibilities here. I'm spitballing. I'm spitballing. But it could be. You know. Yeah, no, it could be because yeah, he doesn't know even if he's wearing headphones or monitors or whatever. Yeah, he could be playing it just not even hearing himself play. So that's why he's blowing that thing as hard as he can. That's why for sure it's going to be loud. And if it's tracking into the same tracks as the vocals, again, you're talking eight track here, you know, this isn't some fancy studio. And uh, they, and like we said, they didn't do a ton of overdubs on this record. And I doubt they would have, you know, overdubbed all of the harmonica. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) so many happy accents of this band, you know, it's, it's, I know. It's, it's, I just I just love how there are also moments on this record too that just sound like they're about to fall apart, but but you know Bill still can like bring it back in, and then Tony just oh, I don't know, man. It's this this record yeah. is so unique. It's so it's so there's nothing that sounds like this record. No, not Given, even in the rest of a canon. <laughs> there's nothing that sounds like this record. Yeah. Given and that just, that mm-hmm. so I I read that Geezer started off as a rhythm guitarist, and then Tony yeah. 
I was like, oh, I don't want to play the fucking other guitarist. Little bitch ass, but whatever. So given <laughs> that geezer, quit Jethro Tull, too, because he couldn't deal with the yeah. not being the leader of the band. Well, it's because Jethro Tull is, is, is more prog than, than he could ever fucking comprehend or imagine. Jethro Tull's best is fantastic, okay? Don't, well, don't it's hate. It's good. It. Don't hate. It's don't good. hate. It's fantastic. Passion it's play. It's good. Fantastic. Songs from the Wood, fantastic. <sighs> fantastic. So don't okay. hate. But but given that that geezer's coming from like a rhythm guitar uh, background, that that's got to be on his mind constantly. Like, let me just get into the groove first, and then work my way up from what? there. Rather than how can I just noodle around and, and be a fucking showboating, flea style bassist, and then uh, worry about <laughs> rhythm later? Then that's I think that's where a lot of this rhythm comes from. Is Bill is just fucking fantastic. And he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And kind of a bottom loud, aggressive style, but then also a very dainty kind of like jazz driven thing. Dude. I sound like that. And it's very <laughs> it's very kind of like calm at times. But I think Geezer can can play the lines of supporting Tony as well as grooving along with Bill at the same exact time. And I think that's tough for bass players to do. I think bass yeah. players yeah. kind of have trouble have trouble bridging that gap between how can I allow the drummer to connect with the guitar player? And I think that's tough. Absolutely. Yeah. And I so think, let's play what? Sorry. So I think he, yeah. What you're saying is coming from a guitar background. He was saying a lot of times, like just followed what Tony was doing. And that's what I got my heaviness from. Cause it was like almost double tracking the guitar. And as I said before, you know, his, his bass tone fills so much space. It's so broad and so deep that he does just give this, you know, he's not a, it's weird because he says he doesn't play fills, but some of the fills on, on this album are incredible, <laughs> like on the bass. But he's a so sim- good. he's a simple player, but he is playing a lead bass style, or at least you know he's doing the he's doing the Mark thing. You know, Mark in in Blink, his job is to be the rhythm guitar player, really, because the way Tom plays guitar is not traditional. You know, and the way not at all. Yeah. The way that Tony played guitar is yeah. There's a lot of blues in there, but again, it's it's not traditional, and he's doing that rhythm guitar para trio thing but not by being a crazy tech bass player but just by being a really a bass player who works on on feel and i know you hate the word vibe but he gets the vibe of the song (laughs) and that's what glues it together i think you know it's it's a dumb word that perfectly describes a situation of vibe like you got to read the room man that's about that's what vibe is it's a stupid word because, like, dude, it's a solid it's vibe, so bro. It's oh, so yeah. overused. It's very overused, it but that's nuts. that's the best descriptor to, like, essentially, hey, read the room, and that's 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 what vibe is for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All Sorry, right, so let, like, let's play let's play a little bit of the wizard, and then we'll jump in back into some of the music and also the lyrics. So here it is, the wizard from the Black Sabbaths. Thank you. 
There you go. A little bit of the wizard from Black Sabbath. Heard that. Heard that cowbell too again. So, so good. good. So good. Who does that yeah. in the nineteen fucking seventy? I mean, a lot Stupid. of bands were doing it. But, I mean, when did when did that Blue Blue Oyster Cult song come out? Oh, that was like that was mid seventies, dude. Uh, was that mid seventies? Uh, uh, Asian of Fortune. That was yeah. For, that's like the worst album too. The Not the worst album, but boring album. <laughs> <laughs> Other bands were doing the cowbell, but yeah, no, it's it's so it's just so sporadic in the song. It doesn't really make sense. I'd be I'd be curious to hear like when like the first band to do the cowbell was like in a, like a bigger rock format. Because that, yeah. that Blues mm-hmm. or Oyster album was for sure mid-70s. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the Beatles did it. I just can't recall. They had to have but, done it in like the early, the mid, but, early mid-60s. But, after pooping, but if you want to talk like Blue sure. Oyster Cult, their first album was like early 70s too, right around like maybe like a year or two after Black Sabbath. And that first that first two Blue Oyster Cult albums, very metal, dude. Very, very hard rock, very hard metal. But that's always that's been the argument is that like wh- who was the first metal band was it Deep Purple was it Sabbath was it was it uh, Blue Oyster Cult was it Zeppelin some Zeppelin. people argue yeah. that Zeppelin was the early metal but I don't agree with that but I, I don't know whatever I would say like Blue this band so like I, I think I either gave it to you or try to give it to you but like Blue Cheer Blue Cheer is a band they're from NorCal too uh, like the Grateful Dead era area. But their first album is very, very early, early heavy metal, and that was late sixties. Hmm. It was well before Sabbath. Yeah. I don't remember ever hearing them. Maybe you did give me a record. I don't I don't remember. That first album was so good. It's like called I, I it's some stupid Latin name that who gives a fuck about, but that album, that first album was really, really good. <laughs> just saying. Okay. Just saying. Okay. All right, all right. These are so these are let, notes you should be typing with your fucking dumb hands. I don't hear typing. I'm doing so many notes. My my keyboard. (laughs) You have you have heart attack to listen to. You have Blue Cheers' first album to listen to. You should revisit Blue Oyster Cult because it's a fucking fantastic band. I don't know why you hate all bands that aren't AFI bodies. uh, Crash Love (laughs) era. I don't understand. Oh man, my Crash Love record sounds so good, but um, (laughs) you're the worst. Anyway, anyway, let's jump back into the lyrics of the Wizard. Uh, what, what do we have on this one? I mean, outside of the the um, Gandalf stuff, do we have anything else on this one? I think I, just the way Ozzy sings. This is very he sings like a blues uh, singer. The way he he goes like 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 a traditional blues singer, like my baby, you go up and then you go back down. That's how Ozzy mm-hmm. sings in this first record. It is very bluesy, like Skip said, but it's like it's it's they're trying to like mask it with their own like personal experience with their own design essentially. But damn, dude, this album is very, very bluesy. And I love that. I love it. So good. Especially with how unique Ozzy is as a vocalist. Like nobody sounds like Ozzy. Nobody has ever sounded like Ozzy to this yeah. point. I didn't no know he's one. fucking, I didn't know he's brummy until like way later in life. He's singing. He sounds like, a, I don't know. There's like a normal Southern California, the stand <laughs> galactic basic what? Is, is what we call it. Galactic basic. Galactic basic. Yeah. <laughs> Do you that's speak what, Bakshi? Southern, <laughs> <laughs> Southern California dialect should be called Galactic Basin because that's what everything on Earth should sound like is Southern California dialect. I thought Ozzy was just like a normal American dude for fucking decades, and I was like, he's a. But then it, I think I think it wasn't until his TV show came out. I was like, what the fuck is he saying? Why does he sound like this when he talks, but he sounds like this when he sings? How is that possible? 
<laughs> so you thought you thought Ozzy was American until like yesterday, but essentially um, yes. All right. So do we have anything else on this song? Yeah, I, I just want to touch on like going back to the music. This is the first time you hear Tony, and he is a master of the wah pedal, like and using ah, it yes. in a rhythm way, and like using that kind of coctoir. So it's kind of like constantly affecting the tone. Like he is, you know, if, if Jimi Hendrix kind of pioneered the wah pedal because, you know, he was the first one to use one. But I think Tony, only a couple of years later, he's he's using it in a very different way. He uses it in a much more rhythmic kind of way, you know, and it, it's, it's becomes an inherent part of the Sabbath sound down through yeah. next year albums. But here's the first thing you really hear him doing it in that wah, wah. Wow. He, yeah, he's not doing it like in a winky way that, that Hendrix did it. No, not at all. He's using it as a as a as a rhythm thing, um, and so you know, yeah. And he's kind of like it's almost like it's on all the time, but half cocked. So it's just constantly yeah. like creating a filter uh, on on that guitar sound, and it's just it's magic, man. I I think it's so cool because it it just makes it sound off, you know. And that's it's so cool. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's awesome. When when I hear like wah pedal, Jimi Hendrix, and we did Hendrix in the pod, and I, I, I really think Jimi Hendrix is like top three guitars. He's I don't think he's the greatest, but I think he's top three. When when Hendrix plays the wah pedal, I imagine like a kid like just discovered something and said, Holy fuck, listen to this. This sounds super dope, right? And then he's just being super <laughs> knowing about it. But incorporating it into pretty damn good songs. That's fine, whatever. But he dude, he died like right after this album came out. Like Hendrix died fucking so early. In yeah. your in England, by the way, I don't know what y'all did over there, but he died in England. Okay. <laughs> well, we also from... were the first people to champion him. You know, he had to come over here to get famous. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. That is yeah, true. Seattle and fucking dude, Seattle treated him like shit. Who cares? Y'all, y'all guys are too racist. <laughs> then that is probably also true, especially yeah. in that area. Uh, but like, but but like, but like, but I I think I think you're right. I think I think when Tony got a hold of the wah pedal, he's treating it as 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 supplemental to the guitar as in, rather than like Hendrix treating it as just something like, Hey, I can play the guitar and it sounds like this, like a child, like a child would do it. And then I revert back to like that super not part of that, boom, boom, that whole thing that in super not, which is so fucking cool. Dope. Not yeah. as good as changes, but still super dope. Oh my God. You're so annoying. <laughs> what do you want to say? So I'm saying, I'm just, I'm hyper excited. I'm hyper excited. What do you want to say? I'm your just job. saying. It's your job it's Christmas. Jeff's had some sugar. He's he's all over the shop, <laughs> dude. Unbelievable. <laughs> all right. Um, so where where does the wizard sit, banger wise? This is my three B. What is it? Where does it for you guys? This is my this is this is my two B. But there's a part in a later song that if it was separated into its own track, that would be my two B. So this okay. is my two B. Okay. It's my it's my three B as well. Yeah. Nice. I mean, there's only five songs really. Yeah. So. Is your freebie um, like it's a you can just take yeah it yeah I'll give it away I'll give it away <laughs> yeah, give it away it. now <laughs> <laughs> I hate that douchebag <laughs> <laughs> all right then so are, are we good with the wizard should we move on to the next yeah we're, we're, yeah we're at about like forty five minutes per song so let's go yeah we gotta we gotta right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll we'll speed this one up we'll speed we'll speed it up. Um, so, so the next one, like like we said at the beginning, we're doing the North American track list. So the next one is Wasp Behind the Wall of Sleep, basically NIB, yeah. or Nib. Nib. Um, so, so just breaking it down real quick. I mean, Wasp is just like a thirty second groove, really awesome riff, and then it 
jumps into behind the wall behind the wall of sleep at 32 32 seconds and then basically starts at 338 and then nib starts at 419 and wraps up the song so that that's that's the quick breakdown of of where all the songs start and end yeah but what do you got on this one jeff (sighs) a lot of stuff a lot, of stuff. a lot of stuff. Yeah. So if we're going, if we're going by like song, wasp, dude, the way like Yomi's first riff swings, fucking dope. Yeah. Dude's got swing. Dude knows how to like jam, and like also in front of like some serious geezer swing too. Like geezer's in the back too. Like hey, I'm the bass player. Don't forget about me, right? <laughs> serious yeah. swing. It slows down to that really solid groove. Do you want me to go like like track by track and like like little run around or just do all my thoughts yeah, just- and you do your thoughts? What do you want to do? I mean, I'll let you and Skip run through the thoughts. I'll I'll just throw in little things here and there, little accents in there. All right. the the first solo, uh, the first solo, you can clearly tell, like, one hundred percent. This is a band that is a blues rock band, carving out their unique sound. And mm-hmm. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, from Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. No, I'm just kidding. It's Black Sabbath's out <laughs> the song, whatever. So into the wizard but like like this is the first time you've heard just straightforward blues rock this is just unencumbered blues rock nothing else about it but it's fine it's fine because it's in the middle of the song and it's transitioning from one thing to the other and there's a little fun like like bass solo to break bridge the songs together and this is in like the the behind the wall of sleep basically era and then like the last part like that that last riff to go into the to the nib thing that's um that's very Clapton inspired. That's very mm-hmm. like like think like Sunshine of Your Love, right? Oh, kind of is, yeah. That's mm. it's not kind of it. It's fucking for sure. Is that's very, but it's not it's not ripping off. It's 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 I I well, I would hope that it's like paying homage to. It's taking something from the era, the the cream era, and mm-hmm. then incorporating it into like a different sound. And that's fucking cool because Zeppelin did it. Who cares? That's that's what all like blues rock is based off. Of. Stone Stones did it for the first six albums. Who cares? Yeah, that's dope. Boring I like six it. records. Yeah. This is this is my five B. Like if I had to rate these based on B's, this is my five mm-hmm. B. I don't think dissecting this song by song by song, the four tracks here, I don't think that would help it at all. I think this is just. I don't want to say the worst song on the album because that's that's not that's not fair and that that's giving a negative thing on something that's really really great i think there's a lot of really really cool things here that show kind of the true personality of black sabbath so what do you think skip on this one Uh, a lot of similar stuff actually (laughs) which is which is nice we're all in sync for once um always always Always. although esfenia is the better track from that album Uh, (laughs) i was thinking always i know You'll be I was, in sync I was with thinking me. all the small things too. <laughs> 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 so much always. Always bringing it back. Always bringing it back to Tom. Uh, he got it, man. He's God. Tom is God. Tom Gospel is according God. to Tom. In, in, in Tom we trust. In Tom we trust. <laughs> Ooh, um, I like that too. That's three. Oh. I like that one, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, Behind the Wall of Sleep is, is it's Trez Bluesy for sure. Uh, I really love jumping into the lyrics but yeah the, the repetition bit in the third verse you know it's like the, the whole turns your body to a corpse bit like over and over so cool and like it's almost understated the way Ozzy says it but it's just you know and the music backs off it and it's just that really nice repetition ah so cool mm-hmm. so cool like and yeah lyrically it's really I like it you know it's like this yeah deadly petals with strange bars it's, it's like this eating this weird plant and 
you die, you go crazy. It's kind of Alice in Wonderland vibes <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, so cool too, though. Like so rad. Yeah, I love them. Exactly. And then like, basically, uh, you know, don't forget that. Giza literally never plays it the same way live. Constantly changes it. It's just, uh, he, you know, he was playing on Tony's wire pedal, basically. He was like, oh, I, I could do this too. Yeah. But I mean, for me, like, <laughs> Obviously, on the UK version, the tracks are separated. And yeah, Nativity in Black is, is my ultimate 1B. Um, partly oh, because... Wow. Uh, oh, well. Hear me out, Jeff, before you jump on your angry horse. I'm, I'm listening. Because <laughs> an ultimate an ultimate 1B from a ripoff of Clapton is fine. That's okay. Well, we got... Yeah. So the reason is, like, this is... This is very oh yes I am but <laughs> no 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 I meant I meant Jeff's an idiot not you uh, this is where it all like clicks for me in terms of this is the the I think this and the opening track are the most Sabbathy tracks of this entire record I mean Nativity in Black because it's where the riff locks in and it's a riff you know and they became known as a riff band you know and yeah it yeah. is sunshine you're like da 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 and then Oz is like oh yeah. Oh yeah, so, so I love the oh, yeah. It's so killer, and it is kind of bluesy as well. And like you know, the war tone on the bass. I'm obviously I'm a bass player, yeah, but the bass sounds fucking huge in that song. It's almost oh, leading yeah. it. It's almost leading it, you know, with with Tony's kind of rhythm underneath. I know there's some lead war over the top as well, but it, like, oh, it's pummeling, man. It's pummeling, and it's the satanic wordplay. You know, you think you've gone from like sympathy for the devil with the stones, which is still kind of keeping the devil or kind of like at an end it's pleased that you hope you but he's still kind of the devil's like a gentleman you know you hope you guess my but then with this you know it's my name is lucifer please take my hand please you know, take it's, my hand oh, it's, I love it. it's humanizing him it's making him almost like a figure of um like there's a vulnerability to it you know and it but it's satanic mm. but it's like it's cheeky it's fun oz's performances it's it's killer, like as like it's it's the, one of the heaviest parts of the whole album when those you know the, the riffs lock in together, uh, and yeah, it yeah. starts with a bass solo, so of course I like it, um, but yeah, behind the walls of sleep as well. It's just it's again it's like, you know you actually look at the lyrics. There's there's spirituality to it. There's yeah from darkness there springs light. Wall of sleep is cool and bright as well. So it's not completely hopeless either. It, there's a really nice like. Yeah. There's, a, there's a sort of, again, going back to the being working class and going off on, there's, there's an innocence and a, a kind of naivety to, to their lyrics, especially at this point, because they're not smart kids. They're not writing fucking poetry. You know, they're just trying <laughs> to write. They're a blues band trying to be like, oh, if we write some original songs, you know, we'll, we'll get a bit more money. Like, <laughs> you know, True. and it's... You know, oh, you can write a bass player, put some words down, that'll do. Yeah, I'll sing that, I'll sing that. Um, and I love that. I think that's, it's, it's, you know, again, clawing themselves literally out the gutter uh, mm-hmm. with this naivety. And this. And I think that's why, like, even non-metalheads like Sabbath, because, you know, it's, it's not like Metallica where it's aggressive lyrically and it's hyper-masculine. Like Sabbath is a lot of it's escapism and a lot of it is vulnerable and it's it's never the music is quite masculine but lyrically it never is really true so yeah so I like one that. one thing you guys didn't touch upon in uh, NIB is 
the sol the the guitar solos. So each ear has a different guitar playing, and they're yeah, not playing cool. the same solo. Yeah, that's which really is like cool. it's so fucking weird. It's so goddamn weird. But for whatever reason, it it works so well. It sounds so goddamn good. It never sounds jumbled. And it's not like it's a call and response. They're just playing different things, like completely oh, different yeah. things. Oh, yeah, and how cool must, like, because Tony obviously must have had it in his head, you know, to yeah. to go back and overdub and be like, it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's one of the yeah, few I overdubs. Th- I mean, honestly, this is like one of the very few things that they overdub, they overdub outside of, like, the beginning with the rain and the, the oh, bell and, then, and everything. And then in, in, in A Bit of Fingers, Sleep Village, and Warning, there's also a... a, a the dubbed guitar thing there that's yeah. kind of different and fun oh, but yeah. we'll get to that later we will get to yeah. that later yeah but no it, i mean nib i mean really this song to me it, it's just it's it's an instrumental jam the first four minutes but the real song is nib it really really is and i mean that song is just it's it's such a can nobody banger. can nobody fucking not hear sunshine of your love here like you guys like are no you i hear it. no at, i hear like, it disassociating the two songs <laughs> no I, I mean now that you said it i totally hear it I, I completely hear it, but it and that was like four years before this. Okay, and what's wrong with that? It's, it's there's nothing wrong song. with it, but like but you're it, acting like there is something wrong with it. But this has to be five B. This ha- if we're going by the North American five tracks, this has to be the the lowest B because this of is that, my four B. Oh, okay, so you you got to throw out Zeppelin's first album then because that's all stolen. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't like Zeppelin's first album. Thank oh, you very bullshit, much. You don't okay? like it. I don't like bullshit, Zeppelin's first album. Like I've stupid. repeatedly we did on the podcast. I ranked the fucking lowest shit. I think Zeppelin's two is their best. It's one of the greatest of all times. Zeppelin's one. Who gives a fuck about that album? Fuck that album. Who cares? What are you talking about? <laughs> Joking my ass right now? I think there's been a communication oh. breakdown, boys. We need to. Wow, you're coming in with all these jokes. It's like, it's like you wrote all these oh. jokes down. Dude, I know he's been like saving them. I like it. I, like it. <laughs> I, I literally have. I have no musical notes. I just have funny things to say. <laughs> and I still, and I still don't know if he's saying literally, be, like more often because it's funny to us. Or if he's just saying it because it's part of his like normal. Is it, is it just literally how I talk? No one knows. No. Oh, good. I don't even know. And I don't even know if he's saying literally the way he normally says literally in real life, or if he's just like accentuating the literally part of the literally Perhaps just for the podcast. I don't I'm know. I'm just a secret wanker. <laughs> you are. Yes. You're, there you, yeah. you used wanker. Remember before yeah, you said you weren't I, sure if you've ever said I, it. I, I knew I had to get it in here, guys. Just for you. Just. You're an enigma wrapped in a question and wrapped in a. Yeah, <laughs> this is my fourth my fourth pod with you guys, so I've got to get yeah, wanked. This is the fourth one, yeah. Fucking hell. <sighs> All right, so let, let's move on <laughs> to the next song. Let's move on to Wicked World. So, what do we have on this one? Like B wise or just? This is my four B. Let's start with the music. Let's start with the music. This is my two B. Where does this sit for you, Skip? Uh, this is my. Oh, which bit? is it? Four B. Four B. I think. Yeah. No. Five okay. B. No. It's yeah. It's not. It's, no. Wicked World is. No, 4B. Sorry, I, I can't remember my notes. 4B. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus bro. Christ. We're just scared, you know? We're just scared. I mean, there's, there's, there's got to be a, a 5B if there's a 1B, if they're all Bs. Yeah, we oh, can no, all okay, agree. You're right, you're right. Uh, they, can, they can't all be. And we all agreed that, that, that Sabbath, Sabbath from Sabbath was their 1B, right? We, yeah, I, that was my 1B, yeah. That was my, yeah, well, if, overall, if I was taking, if I take behind oh, the wall of sleep away, the Nativity in Black, then yeah, Black Sabbath is 1B. But in the North, yeah, in the North American, it's my 1B. In the, the real edition, <laughs> it's my 2B. In the real edition, okay. <laughs> They're an English band. They're an English band. <laughs> true, 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 true. Uh, but I but, actually uh, think we're... the American edition is, is better for cutting a cover off, to be fair. 
<laughs> yeah, because evil woman. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that last, but because I don't really want to touch upon it too much. But yeah, nah. we'll get into that later. But Wicked World. I mean, th- this song it has that jazzy hi hat part just just to start off the song. That amazing guitar riff comes in. Geezer's noodling underneath it. Oh my god, dude! It's what a, what a great opening part of a song. I, I love it so much. That's yeah. that's a very that's a very blues thing to do. That that's a very blues thing to do is kind of like take from. I mean, they're really like like blues before jazz and in some aspects. It's a very bluesy thing to do, but to do it in a way that's allowing everybody else to come in naturally rather than kind of conceited and, and, and winky like because everybody comes yeah. in naturally and like Ward rips it up, dude. He rips it up and it's fine. And it's great, but it's not too complex to where if like geezer dropped in, they'd be like, Oh, that sounds weird. Or if Tony dropped in like, Oh, that sounds weird. It's a cool drum beat, but it's not too complex. Yeah, Like a lot of, totally right. like a lot of prog fuckers will do. Like later on, and even kind of this era too, but I like when mm-hmm. Yomi octave jumps that higher riff part. You can kind of hear, you can kind of hear a faint sloppiness. You can, oh, yeah. you yeah. can hear him kind of. He didn't fuck up, but he kind of like muddles these notes a little bit to where he knows he has to catch up. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal. That is absolutely phenomenal to leave that in there, and that's what we get also too. When you really get into Sublime, Sublime, because Bradley had died at the time, you can kind of hear some of that stuff in the Pawn Shop song. You can kind of hear that that fucking fucking up stuff, and it's like, that's cool, man. Just fucking leave it. I like it. Leave it, leave it, leave it. It works. But then, yeah. like, Bill, dude, Bill's got some great cymbal beats going on, right? Yeah, and then, yeah. He does some amazing things on this whole record. And the song kind of goes into that bluesy transition and like the classic, like, let's stop all the music so the gar- guitars can wink. We have that here. <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. just okay. That's fine. Whatever. This is the fourth <laughs> track on the album. That's fine. Let's let, let it happen. Let it get out of its system, and then we'll we'll move forward from there. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> no, it's it's the Not yeah. At all. It's the least it's the least interesting part to me is when yeah the guitars do that. Oh, it's just a guitar. Yeah. Not a guitar hero thing. I, maybe exactly. it's because I'm not a guitar player. <laughs> and, and the thing about the thing about the guitar solo is that it's not just like one continuous stream of just playing. He stops like every bar, you know. And he'll just play like one little lick and then stop. There's going to be this dead silence. Plays another lick, yeah. dead silence. It's it's just the weirdest fucking solo ever. But it sounds like, great. This, it's what I said in there's the ranking episode, isn't it? It's how they use dead space. It's so creative. Yeah, it really, really is. I think it, I think it comes from two things. Like like Skip said, I think this band, for whatever reason, I, I don't know why a band would do it, but when they're not playing is just as important as like when they are playing, like much when you're doing a tattoo, like that negative space using your skin color to kind of, kind of blend into like what your tattoo is going to be to make it pop even more, to make it more unique to you. This band uses dead space to make that silence more unique to them. I don't know why they do it. I don't know if it's a lack of just, just like, like training. If it's a lack of just instrumentation, if there's not that great at, at grooving with each other at this point, because there's a lot of that, as opposed to Master of Reality, when you can tell it is deliberate. It is deliberate, like dead space. Like they know exactly we should be quiet at this point because it would make this next part sound even better. When it's here, and and you kind of like know that it's just in one take, one day, call it a day, that's it, no more. 
it almost sounds like they kind of like are fucking up a little bit. They're still kind of like moving through the motions. They're saying, yeah, this song sounds great live, but now that we're just in this enclosed room, it doesn't hit as hard as it did then. So let's change it a little bit. I don't know how it's going to work. Fuck it. Let's do it live. That type of thing. I think there's a lot of, a lot of risks being taken in this album. And I think that's yeah, what absolutely like. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I think going back to like the production, that's this guy just like going out on a limb, either being fucking brilliant and seeing something in the band that the band didn't even see, or he's just fucking lucky. All right, so let's let's play a little bit of Wicked World, and then we'll jump back in, wrap up the song, the lyrics, and then move on to the last song. So here it is, Wicked World from Black Sabbath. There's a bit of a wicked world from Black Sabbath, so uh, so let's wrap this up musically and then jump into the lyrics. What, what do we have? Uh, was, I mean, what do we want to talk about? My notes, bro. That's it. I mean, I think yeah, musically, just to jump over from Jeff, I think I agree. This to me like feels like a jam in a good way. Like it feels like yeah, you know, the it's great the way it kind of does the slow down thing as well. The opening riff is great, you know. Do, 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 do. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so bang, poppy. Bang. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like Cantina Band. Yeah, definitely bluesy. Uh, yeah, you can hear it's a strap, you know, uh, which is cool. I mean, lyrically, I think this is this is like in, really interesting. It's almost a, a precursor to things like War Pigs. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's simple. It's it's angry. It's got a message, and it goes again. I've said it a hundred times this, this part, it's the context and the working class thing. You know, they're angry at the politicians, literally. You know, it's so scathing. A politician, they say, is very high. If he has to choose, he's got to go out and die. You know, that's that's the mm-hmm. entire plot of War Pigs right there. <laughs> uh, 
you know, and again, it's just yearning for escapism. You know, we've watched the man on the moon, but people are dying of disease everywhere. Why? That's, the, that's my favorite line of this entire album. It's, it's a great line. So Dude, good. Out there in the open. So easy. Yeah. And then like that last verse is so, I think, autobiographical of, you know, whether it's geezer actually, or just, you know, you'd know someone that a woman goes to work day after day, goes to work just to earn their pay, child sitting crying by life, that's harder. He doesn't even know who is his father. You know, it's like, yeah, that that is the epitome of working class life in 1970s England. You know, it's, you just It's so work. sad to think about. Yeah, you work till you drop, you know, you don't even see trees, there's no greenery, it's just a street after street of smog and yeah, factory working and you everyone's sick all the time because it's so unclean. Everyone's struggling. You're just you're making a wage. You're never going to better yourself. That's very that's very inval letter department though, right? It, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 At yeah, the Sabbath yeah. inn. At the Sabbath inn. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like Wicked World is it, again. It's pointing to where they're going to go. You could this trajectory there. Uh, and again, for like 1970, for you know, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not intellectual. You know, no, these aren't, edu- totally right. aren't educated guys, but what they're saying is fucking on. And it's still true. You know, what the politicians mm-hmm. still do, they still send a girl from fucking die. We are people yep. start of, of diseases because, you know, medicine is a business, um, especially over with you guys. You know, we've at least I've got a health service. You guys don't. And yeah, we've got all this wonderful technology. So why are we still fucking each other? <laughs> You know, I know, right? And it's so bad over here. It's yeah. So bad. Oh man, yeah. Like you know, I mean, yeah. You guys have the fentanyl crisis and stuff like that. Fucking hell. Oh, dude, it's fucking uh, insane over here. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a whole another rabbit hole that we probably shouldn't get going. Yeah, down yeah. We don't have... spend another hour going, going through all that shit. <laughs> but yeah, like um, yeah. It's it's a it's a cool it, as a yeah it's a it's a great sign of where Sabbath are going and as a commentary on on you know the social politics of the day it's it's a banger you know absolutely yeah I, and I think I mean I you would know you would know more of the English history than us obviously but I think speaking up against um in nineteen seventy speaking up against you know the government and the monarchy and all that kind of like the way that they're 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 speaking in here in this song like that's a big no-no in england like oh, I feel yeah. like you can get you can probably get arrested for writing shit like this oh yeah like, this wasn't like 1960s u.s this is <laughs> this is way di- a different environment different society yeah i mean the monarchy then was was like the be all and end all you know this is seven years before johnny rotten says god save the queen you know this is uh, yeah. yeah yeah this is yeah this is this is edgy man this is out there it's surprising that they never got more shit from from the monarchy you know what i mean or they never got like i don't know because because the monarchy is so so based in religion as well and why they never went after sabbath the way they went after the sex pistols and shit like that yeah i, I think it's, it's really bizarre sabbath took time to get big because they were so ignored critically for years you know it's only like, true it's, yeah i think volume four was the first one to get a decent write-up from from anyone Enjoy. and they were, they were really blowing up here in the states i feel bef- way before they blew up in the yeah UK. yeah you guys embraced them and i think it's yeah so you know they're a touring band they they just grafted for years before yeah. they got real recognition especially it's mad that now they're, they're legendary over here but like they're almost simplified you know people don't remember anything past the first four albums and they just think mm-hmm. that all big heavy riffs and and the song paranoid and that's it and it's like no, there's you know, it's something that I really appreciated binging so much Sabbath this past few weeks is like 
there's so many flavors musically to them. There's so much more totally. than there's so much more than just couple of couple of down tune riffs and Ozzy Osbourne, you know. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right, so um, so I mean, I I don't know. You you covered the lyrics really well on that. Do I don't have anything to add? Do you have anything to add, Jeff? That's all I got, baby boy. Okay, so let's move on to the last song. The last song being a bit of finger sleeping village warning. Just a, a you know compilation of songs right here. Um, wh- what do we have musically on this one, guys? Well, are we doing like like our our what what so, banger is this for us? I mean, it's, so really, it's just kind of like a much like the the last compilation of songs. It's pretty yep. much like a, a like an instrumental kind of thing up until the main song warning, which comes in I think at three oh seven. I yeah, think. Because, because warning warning would be my two B. This as really? a whole okay. is my three B. Okay, but also you like, like is, that much, huh? is there is there a significance in a bit of finger? That sounds like it would be like a like a colloquial a colloquialism a colloquialism. I mean, I'm I'm guessing it's it's. I would say it's yeah, giving the finger. Do you know what I mean? Like the one that yeah. Oh, a bit of finger there. Bit of finger, mate. Yeah, I'll give you a bit of finger. <laughs> It's uh, it's it certainly sounds dirty, doesn't it? Yeah, well, mate, I'll go over it. It sounds like night. it sounds brummy. Yeah, yeah. I took I took my finger to her sleeping village, son. There was no one. Oh, you give it a bit uh, of finger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I'm a cut me. I'm a cut me. I'm a cut me. I know. I'm just making noise at this point. This is this what I do. That's how you. But no, no, no. As warning would be my two B. This whole thing in itself is my three B. Dude, a Jew's harp in a metal album. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? It's so funny. Are you thinking? Doing. It works. It works perfectly. It works. This is this this is a string of riffs and small jams again. That is just like like the first several minutes is just that that's it. That's all it is. It's just a bunch of riffs, a bunch of jams, great drumming, you know, fucking great bass playing. But the song kicks up and you can hear Ozzy on the tambourine there in the background. I think for the first time in the album, if not the only time. Yeah. It's, it's very, very subtle, and they clearly turned it down. So if he's in the booth, right, and he's tambourining on his leg, and the mic's up top, that's why he's not picking it up that much, because it's super, super subtle. But it's kind of cute to see, like, uh, I don't know, like the first two or three minutes or whatever, there's no Ozzy, so he's like, how can I insert myself into this song? So he picks up the tambourine, <laughs> and he starts clicking on his leg. That's what I thought that sounded like. <laughs> But dude, like warning, warning! That song fucking slays, man. Bluesy, heavy, a little psychedelic. The second instrumental part in warning in that section is so fucking rad. It changes pace, then changes pace again mid break with like mm. two slowed down notes, much like in fucking Francis. If we keep bringing like Mars Volta back in here, right? The dun dun, and then go into whatever you want to do. Oh, That's all oh, you need. That. You don't a... need crazy oh. transitions. All you need is just bump, bump. Bum, and they do it here. Ward rips it up, bottom style, fucking great. And Tony just shreds, so yeah. solid, absolutely yep. amazing. But even in warning, like he, he, Tony rips it up a lot in the song. But it seems like they'll play for like two minutes. Like they'll play, they'll play off of a riff that Tony does, and then after like two minutes, they'll stop, and then Tony will play a new riff, and then they have to all like kind of keep up with the new riff that he's going to be playing next. And I love that. Which it's is, like, like literally which is, every two minutes in the song. Which is cool and, and, and kind of on the surface because if you just have the guitars rip it up, you're a blues band. You're, you're a fucking Derek and the Dominoes 
dime a dozen. You're a Clapton. You're you're Zeppelin at this point. You're just following the guitarist. But because yeah. they switch riffs that often, you need a solid rhythm section to kind of like get the listener going again. Because to stop and go is tough for a listener. It's tough to get back into the beat. So you mm-hmm. need a good rhythm section. And again, I'm not saying the bass player is the most important band thing in the band, whatever. But like, you need a good <laughs> rhythm section to get me going again. And this is this is what Sabbath does really, really well. Because Tony's great, and he's a fantastic guitarist, and and one of the greatest like metal guitars of all time, one of the greatest guitars of all time. But this uh, this rhythm section, when you get when you get Bill Ward and and, and Geezer together, is damn near unmatched. Damn near unmatched. No, you're right. Yeah. It's definitely up there with Bonham and, and John Paul Jones, rhythm-wise. Rhythm oh, yeah, really, sure. Like, the more I listened to Tony, the more I, I just thought, like, dude, you are so good, man. But, like, oof, you would be... Randy Rhodes, <laughs> like, if you put them back-to-back, Randy Rhodes is better than Tony Iommi. Technically speaking, it. yeah. Don't even care. Technically, yeah. Tony is only great because he could write riffs and he could write songs and he could write structures because Bill and Geezer could keep up. Yeah, it. I mean, I mean, and they that, were unique enough too. The rhythm section was unique enough. Like if we're throwing it up against Randy Rhodes, I forgot who the 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 drummer and bass are, drummer and bassist are on the the that record. But like they're just playing like simple, basic, straightforward rock, you know, yeah. arena rock music, you know. But here, Bill is like playing like he's a fucking caveman, like a monster. And then Geezer is playing like a guitar player. You know, he's not playing like a bass player, like we've talked about. Yeah, well, it's, that's it. It's crazy. You know, I think I've, I've said it about the Stones before, and I may have even said it on the pod before, because like Bill's got this swing, this natural swing, you know. So it's not mm-hmm. quantized, it's not perfect. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's a powerhouse on this song. It, yeah, Bottom is probably the the best comparison, like contemporary. And then yeah, we're saying like Geezer's bass tone, where you've got that clack then the moi, then the note. So he's almost mm-hmm. like ahead of the beat and then we're Bill slightly behind. So it just fills the beat because none of them are quite yeah, on it. Yeah. And it gives it this, it could all fall apart, but also it's so fucking tight at the same time. And then Tony is, an, you know, he's very much the band leader on this song. You can hear him, as you say, like, you know, he does a riff, they jam it. There's an extra riff, they jam it, and obviously the huge guitar breakdown, <laughs> like where the, the band wandered off for a quick cigarette and a pint. <laughs> Forgot they were still recording. <laughs> oh, shoot. Gonna, gonna, uh, you finished, Mike. You played with all the pickups. I've played with all the pickups. I've done the blues bits. I've done the wanky bits. I've done the blues riff. Then I put two guitars doing the same thing slightly behind each other. Sounded great. Pick up the sticks again. Yeah, all right, we'll come back in. And like <laughs> on a dime, on a dime, they come back in, you know, really mm-hmm. tight. But. Yeah, it's 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 a band-led song, like a real band leader being Tony. But yeah, that rhythm section, the one in front, one slightly behind, it it makes it propulsive, which again, when you're stopping and starting, helps, as Jeff said, helps bring the listener in, helps keep the listener interested on the journey. And that's, 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 that's interesting too, because this is one of the ones where it was dubbed to where they're, they're, he's, I think he's playing the same, Tony, he's playing the same guitar solo but one of them is like like half a step or half half a half a half a second behind, and yeah. so you get this yeah. this dueling guitar thing going on. But it's the same fucking solo. It's like trying and to make a natural chorus pedal. Do you know what I mean? It's cool, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, but it's, it's really it's, cool. But it lags too much to be to be like a chorus thing, but it's too close together to be like a dueling guitar thing. So it's fucking weird. And and again, I don't 
Like, why would you do that? I love the way it sounds. I think it sounds absolutely fucking phenomenal because we don't hear that because it's stupid because it shouldn't work and it doesn't <laughs> work, but it works here because we don't ever hear it ever anywhere else. Yeah, and it's not, was yeah, it's not quite a, a Thin Lizzy, Judas Priest, Jewel, yeah, you know, two guitars because it is slightly off. And yeah, or is it just because it's a bit sloppy? Because they were like, fuck it, we're doing it in a day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so good. I love it. It is. And and also, let, let's talk about real quick the uh, his tone, like his guitar tone, how crunchy it is. This is probably like one of the crunchiest sounding tones on the entire record. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, totally dude. Agree. I love his goddamn fucking tone on this. I, I mean, I, it sounds like he's probably playing playing the SG on this one because it yeah. does have that crunchier he's sound. He's got that humbucker crunch, yeah. About but damn, thing. dude, it's... It it is it is it sounds amazing, and it I I don't know man I, that's one of the best parts of this entire song. Another another thing is this is a, this is also a cover by uh, the Ainsley Dunbar re- Retaliation, which I I didn't even know, but yeah it's it's a cover. I didn't yeah. I didn't listen to the original. Did you guys? No no. no. I mean yeah, that, that's I a very of the time thing. You're sticking on a couple of blues covers, you know. Yeah so, yeah. Um, and they definitely Sabbath it up. I feel. I, I don't know. I've not heard the original, but I can imagine. <laughs> I'm just going to say this one. This one's better. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, w- when you think about it, this sounds like a Sabbath song. Like, unlike Evil Woman, that doesn't sound like a Sabbath song. That sounds like a cover. It's too, yeah. it's too it's simple, too, too basic, it's too poppy. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. So I, I imagine this is this is a far, you know, this is far different than the original version. Uh, warning is so. Um, I don't know. Should we wrap it up with with this song and then touch upon Evil Woman and then give a ra- give a rating? Sure. I'd rather I mean, wrap it up with this song, touch upon the cover art, and then skip Evil Woman and then give a rating. Sure. We're doing the North American version, so I'm fine with that. Just to start okay, out, yeah. I, I really love the kind of clunky lyric, you look so cool and casual, and I try to look the same. You, you can't put the word <laughs> casual into a song in 2022. <laughs> but back then, again, it's that working class, you know, but I do love the, yeah, the classic bluesy, I was born without you, baby. You know, it's just, it's, yeah. It's, it's, God, it's, I love the way Ozzy sings that part too. Yes, but my oh, feelings so were a little bit too strong. Just a little, little bit. <laughs> sings that lower too register. Yeah. <laughs> so bluesy. Um. <laughs> Who knew he had it in him? God Dude, damn. the guy sings very blues like. Like he's he, he this whole album. he does, he models around like the blues stuff. And I think it's the band that shaped his persona. Like yeah. the whole his, his entire like success and career and, and life and TV he owes to the band because he's yeah. Well, oh, he had, absolutely. He hadn't cool hit the front kind man. of the double vocal thing that became very much the Aussie thing by this point. You know that's. That's really the next album, I think, where it really kicks in. Um, he's he's, mm-hmm. he's a cool. He's got a cool image, but he's pretty fucking worthless in this band. He's the least <laughs> good part, technically. <laughs> he's the Ringo star of this band. Oh, don't be shitting on Ringo like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's illegal in this city to say anything bad about Ozzy, uh, but he is, I think, actually the weakest member of of the band. Oh. One hundred percent. Just doesn't Absolutely. even write the fucking lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I know the fucking uh, what's what's the guy from Fall Out Boy? Uh, Pete Wentz. Patrick Stump. But Pete Wentz is the one that writes the music for yeah, the guy that sings. I don't know the fucking well, sings. He doesn't write the music. Patrick he writes Stump. the word. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Patrick Star. From Patrick, Patrick Star. Star. Yeah. Okay, so, so Ringo just... Stump. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's jump into the uh, to the album art. It was uh, it was 
it was a photograph by a guy named Keith McMillan. Uh, cred- he's credited as Keith. The the model is named what's her name? Livingstone something Livingstone. I can't even think right now. That's fine. Oh fuck! Oh no! I just had it. Well, it's oh, funny that that it's called uh, Louisa. Keith Louisa Livingstone. They can't say ths, so they say f. So it's Keith instead of Keith. <laughs> <laughs> get it uh, that's right Keith. that's good that yeah, that's good get that's it? good yeah. that's good but uh louisa livingston was the model on the on the album art and apparently she wasn't identified until 2020 so she had kept it secret uh that she was the um the person on the cover but i fucking love that cover man it's, it's a good cover it's so it's spooky, weird scary Woo, love yeah. it yeah it's okay, cool just, that's yeah, good. It, it's like, evocative when, it is like when you throw on the first song and you hear the rain and the bell and you just look at that cover and you're like, wow, this like I'm in for something scary. Like imagine <laughs> I just can't imagine 1970. You're probably 14, 15 years old hearing this for the first time. You're, you're probably scared shitless, you know? Yeah. And oh, I love man, the typeface so cool. as well for Black Sabbath. You know, the kind of curly yeah. beards. It's kind of gothic. And well, I mean, the whole front is gothic. Uh, and and a bit- I was. I- I always thought it was it was kind of like a blend of like the Mona Lisa and then like what I knew as growing up as as what Ozzy looked like. I always <laughs> I always thought before I, I even like this week really when I read about what the cover came from, I always thought it was supposed to be a mashup of like the Mona Lisa and then what Ozzy looked like. Like that's what I thought that girl looks like in the cover. <laughs> Honestly, I I, until I was like an adult, I thought it was Ozzy on the cover <laughs> because of the hair. Because you know, it's like. Yeah. It's we grew up in the Aussie. '90s and early 2000s, so like we see Ozzy with the long hair, with all dressed in all black all the time. Because back in the early Sabbath days, he didn't dress like that, you know. Or most of Sabbath, he didn't dress like that. Yeah. It wasn't until the '90s where he he, you know, got that that whole black goth look. So that's, I always um, thought it was Ozzy for a long time. I mean, I always saw it as that's the woman in the in the title track, you know, in the black, and you know, mm, that's yeah. that's how I took it as a kid because you. When you're a little kid, and you know, again, I got my dad's copy of this on the on the vinyls, you know. So you're you're staring at the artwork, and it all kind of rolls in together. Especially, I mean, Salo for weird because they've got either great album covers or fucking terrible album covers, and there's there's no, <laughs> there's no true you know, from from this through to you know, obviously paranoid with, with obviously clearly going to be called War Pigs because it's a fucking War Pig on the front cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, Such a bad cover. It's so bad, I know. And then obviously, Massive Reality is 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 really cool and it's minimal, minimalist yeah, thing, like and then and like Volume Four again, it's so striking. And then yeah, we've we've talked at large about sabotage and bill woods cod piece and <laughs> the, the jizzing robots and the pointless army pilots but you know i mean I look, even the, the mute that the weird pointless color army pilots <laughs> <laughs> the weird colors on this as well there's lots of purples and stuff in it it's mm-hmm. it's it's slightly it's wrong and it's otherworldly and it's kind of like i suppose i suppose it's even it's kind of like get across that kind of gloaming time isn't it that kind of twilight kind of light where the light yeah. does go a bit weird uh, it's also how grainy it all is too like it looks like like it looks like if they had a if cameras were invented like in the 1600s you know like it looks just fucking ancient yeah nothing it, about it, it's it's eerie man it, yeah I and it's it it's yeah it's well there's it's, there's there's a couple cool. other takeaways too like yeah that color tone is is kind of it's off. It's weird. But then also, we only see Black Sabbath. Is that the name of the album? Is that the name of the band? If you mm-hmm. don't know who Black Sabbath is, 
then you see that and like, what the fuck is Black Sabbath? Do you do you even know this is a, like a, like a band? Could it be like a a religious fucking thing? Is it like some type of? It's only Black yeah. Sabbath, right? Like you've no idea yeah. what it is. Oh, you're right. You're right. And it's got that horror movie aspect, which is obviously where the band name came from. You know, it looks like mm-hmm. a horror movie. You know, there's a woman in black. There's a old creepy house. Yeah, there was no. I mean, music wise. No band was coming out with an album cover like this, as far as I as I know. You know, 1970. Like, what the fuck is this? It's it's truly dark and de- almost demented. And and you know, reading more about what the the band has said about the artwork, the cover art, and the the inner art, the gatefold sleeve and stuff. Um, they weren't happy with it. They 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 didn't want to be associated with Satanism. They wanted to be scary, but they didn't want to be Satanist. You know what I mean? But then a lot of these like you know, people from these these different religions, you know, kind of embraced Black Sabbath and kind of gave them the bad name that they they held on to for decades, that they were plagued with for decades. But also but, bought yeah. into they bought into that. <laughs> it made them they, rich. They, well, I yeah. think they what, did more towards the end. Pay your fucking though. bills is, is, is going to happen for sure. Yeah. Eh. But but I I also like I also like reading that they did a lot of photo shoots with that that model, and she was either nude or like semi nude. Yeah. And they and they saw it and like you know what that's too provocative that's too sexy that's not what we're going for we're going for a darker tone let's not use that because it's so easy it's so easy just to throw. A naked girl on the cover, right? True. That's what other yeah. people have done in the past. Houses of the Holy, looking at you. This isn't Roxy music. <laughs> yeah. This is Black Sabbath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. yep, yep. So, um, have you ever been to to the to this location where they took the picture, Skip? Uh, I mean, possibly. As a, it's the kind of thing I think my dad may have taken me to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because because it's like it says it says it was shot at the the Maple Durham Watermill. On the river, was it River Thames or River Thames? I don't know how to pronounce it's, it. It's Thames. Thames, okay, Thames. and in Oxfordshire. And and I was looking at like a more recent picture of it, and it looks so like, even just looking at like a normal modern picture of it, it still looks creepy. Like if you yeah, go into the Wikipedia, yeah. you can look at it, and it's just like, it just looks run down. It's <laughs> creepy, yeah, I mean, man. Well, it's, an old, it's an old watermill, isn't it? I mean, there's there's plenty of similar kind of places in Birmingham on the outskirts as well, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's you know, well, there's there's Sarehall Mill, for instance, which is Tolkien land, and uh, yeah, it, that's what I like about Birmingham is you're not too far from the country, and the, there's the Licky Hills and stuff, and you can go out there. Some of those, it's creepy, man, and you do find old, and even around Aston and Digbeth, you know, where they grew up, there's lots of old old factory buildings where a lot of raves go on and stuff, and like illegal club nights, you know, because there's all these old spaces that you mm-hmm. can break into, um, not that you should. <laughs> uh, or at least know what you're doing, like in terms of safety. But yeah, yeah, and it's 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 always cool. I think when nature starts reclaiming buildings, you know, which you can kind of yeah. see in the photo there, and you start getting the the vines going through, and it it, it becomes yeah it's eerie. Cool. Yeah, it's eerie, but it's so cool. So cool. It's so horror. Yeah. It's so it's so, it it's so Black <laughs> Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, it really, really, really is. How far is Oxfordshire from you? Uh, Oxfordshire. Uh, we don't say Shire. Shire. That's cool. That's I'm cool. sorry. <laughs> They're not hobbits. I was, I, was, I was letting it go for a bit. Um, Oxford is... is uh, it's Shire like too. It's, it's, it's more... It's closer to London, I think, unless my geography is totally off. But it's not like close to London. But it's, yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's down and to the right a bit. <laughs> okay. Got it, got it. Uh, 
All right, cool, cool. So, do we have anything else on the artwork, or should we wrap it up and, and give our rating? What do you guys think? That's all. I'm good. You can wrap, wrap and write, buddy. Wrap and write. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yes. Uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna rate this record um, according to our world famous three point rating system, where three is a perfect album, two is a good album. You're gonna continue to listen to one is a bad album, but give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So, Jeff, what do you? What are your final thoughts and your rating on this record? Go. I um I don't even know I don't even know where to begin with the uh, with the Sabbath bloody Sabbath Sunday bloody Sundays. All right. I I think I think uh we didn't even mention it earlier, but um also like an early an early um, memory I have with with Ozzy is is the whole biting the heads off bats thing. Remember mm-hmm. how that was like a rampant? I don't know if it was like a big thing in in England, but like in America, there was a time period where people thought like Ozzy was like chewing the heads off bats constantly. <laughs> At least like that's how I, I read it. Like right? in little, little yeah. Nicky, right? Little Nicky, he does it. <laughs> I mean, really? That, 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 was, that. That, was, that, was, that was a joke off of the, the, the article, though. Like, like, Tyler, do you remember this? Like, people thought, like, Ozzy was biting the heads off bats yeah, constantly? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because what he would do is, because after the initial incident, uh, he, people would throw up plastic bats, or he would, like, bring a plastic bat and then bite it off. Right, as a yeah. joke. So that's what it was, yeah. Yes, but he wasn't. He wasn't like biting the heads off fucking live bats, like real as, bats, yeah. As no. like the media would have portrayed it to be, to my younger self. So that was another thing that was that I thought was funny. So Sabbath has always been this this band that is mixed in with with like dark controversy, and up until about like fifteen ish, like I was I was Catholic. I was heavy, heavily into like Catholicism, and I went to CCD and I did all this thing. So I just. Never really got into Sabbath because not that I thought it was sacrilege, but just because maybe like it was a it was a subconscious barrier that I put myself in between. But I liked I liked Iron Man. So this 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 past like month and a half, whenever we decided to do this, listening to these albums, I do think these are fucking pretty dark songs, man. These are pretty like mm-hmm. satanic driven things, but not in a goofy way. Kind of in in a more like this is gonna make us money. Let's do it. I'm down. Mm-hmm. And then hearing like later on in life, Bill Ward and Geezer talk about religion. I think that's an afterthought. I think they they say these things to make the lore stand longer and sell more records. Agreed. So like, like like given the the context of Black Sabbath as a brand, I think it's fucking fantastic. I think it's something Led Zeppelin has never achieved. I think it's something the Stones have never achieved. I think it's something a lot of these bigger bands that are coming from this classic rock era have never achieved. And in a hundred years from now, when historians are going back and talking about Zeppelin and Stones and Sabbath, Sabbath will stand out because it's like, wow, that's fucking nuts, man. This is a brand. This is something that is that is completely different than what their contemporaries were doing. So, given that, uh, I think their first like like I don't know what did we talk about their first nine albums are. God damn, fucking almost perfect. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Everything has something better than the last or took something from the last and made it better. That's why I think Master Reality is the best. But this album is uh is 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 is, is unreal. It's it's unworldly. This is a perfect album. Contextually, like Skip said, imagine yourself in this in this in this brummy town. You're working hard. <laughs> you just got your fingers cut off. What are you going to do? You're gonna fucking you're gonna fuck people's religion up is what you're gonna do, and you're gonna go with the flow. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do. This album's perfect. I love it. It's goddamn, it's good. Makes me feel weird still to this day. I like it. I dig it. <laughs> All right. So All you right, get a perfect right. three, right? 
Yeah, this is a per- this is a perfect fucking album. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All right, Skip. So cool. what do you have on this one? So I mean, interesting. Similar to Jeff, I was actually raised Catholic uh, for my first first years. I was an altar boy and everything. Uh, never Ooh. got never got touched. So maybe I wasn't pretty enough. You know? uh, <laughs> but uh, too dark, too dark. Um, mm. But that you know, like, I never not really even, had not even not even going to touch that one. No, well, ah! they did. They did. Um, not even like I never really had that know. much faith, but I always found the whole idea around religion quite interesting. So I think. That's one of the things that draws me to Sabbath. You know, I'm I'm a sucker for that hocus pocus, like satanic bullshit. I think it's great. It's really cool. Uh, you know, it's I'm fun. the kind of guy who read the satanic diaries and uh, verses and all of that. You know, <laughs> was into Andor Levay and all that bullshit because it's just. Int- I, I mean, I didn't think it was real, but I think it's. it's yeah, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, I, I, that's a Kool Aid I'm happy to drink. You know, um, and it certainly helps with Sabbath. I agree with what you're saying about you know law for law's sake and that is really cool and it is something that yeah you know i think zeppelin kind of tried really with the the weird symbols and stuff and songs remain the same and the weird films and but kind of sabbath did it almost with way less effort (laughs) um but equally Mm -hmm. i'd say like i think the reason for that is that they're drawing comparisons of you know real life as i've stressed before you know was was dark and dirty and horrible and short for them and then, so they're kind of being escapist, but also translating it and oh, being always, always satanic darkness and stuff, almost as a way to like deal with it, you know, and using it as a metaphor for just their life, which is pretty cool. Uh, and again, like I said, the simplicity of the lyrics and all of that, but there's, they're saying cool stuff. And th- there's definite shock factor, you know, that's the Marilyn Manson of its day. It's the, yeah, it's, but there's so much cool blues rock going on here and there's touches of psychedelia and they're they're so you know they you can hear how tight they are that they're they've been playing together for a while and there's a lot of talent in the band you know natural talent they're not technical i mean tony can shred but they're not tech but Mm -hmm. they're tight um and there's an energy there that's unique to these four guys you know no and yeah it is the best black sabbath lineup and I think the problem with Sabbath is there's so much mythology around them. It, it can be daunting. It's like with, with Dylan or, you know, uh, someone else that's got like a large back catalogue. It's like, where, where do you start? And the answer obviously with Sabbath is you start here. It's dead easy. You start the debut and you just go through <laughs> and then you, you stop. <laughs> you stop before, just before Never Say Die and go, well, those Black Sabbath guys, they made eight really great albums. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's true. there's actually a great t-shirt that my mate has that says trust nothing but yourself and the first six sabbath records so i'm like yeah that is that's basically <laughs> wow um spot on okay. but yeah this album's fantastic i've loved the past month just diving back in um i've waffled long enough it's a fucking free out of free we all know it is Woof. uh yeah it's a satanic perfection <laughs> yeah. satanic perfection Sat- satanic nice. perfection that's so good <laughs> All right. Um, for me, I mean, this is uh, this is tr- something truly unique. You can hear the influence of this record on so many bands and records since 1970. I mean, it's it's just remarkable that that Sabbath and Zeppelin and Van Halen really. I think those are like the big three most influential rock bands of all time. Like hands fucking down, those are the biggest ones. And it's just it's it's just so cool because Sabbath is is truly unique in itself. Nobody sounds like Ozzy. Nobody sounds like Tony. Bill is Bill and Keys are on their 
in their own fucking world. They're, it's just Sabbath are just so fucking cool, man, in every aspect. And we've touched upon so much of it, you know, musically, lyrically, artwork wise. Um, I'm not going to go into it too much because you guys, you know, said a lot of what I wanted to say. So with that, I don't do it often, but I'm going to have to give this record a perfect three out of three. Perfect three out of three. It's 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 a beyond I mean, it's beyond perfect, you know. Yeah, it really is. It truly, truly is. It's, I, I in, in a way, it's underrated, because it's that fucking good. I I agree. I do think this is underrated. Absolutely. I think paranoid. Yeah, it's overshadowed. Reality. Yes, it's, it's overshadowed by what, what they built to. But they wouldn't have those records about this one. You everything yep. they did, you can hear at some point on this record. And this the slew of musicians that say like like fucking Phil Anselmo and Dimebag who who talk about there would be no Pantera without Sabbath I was like no yeah. there'd be no Pantera without Sabbath Sabbath like yeah. straight up <laughs> yeah. all of these bands <laughs> they're not, not exist. talking about technical ecstasy or no. never say die they're talking about this yeah they're talking for about, sure not talking yeah. about technical ecstasy and you know they, they were real people like with with Zeppelin and stuff they were always larger than life they were rock stars but Sabbath like real people you could have a pint with. You know, yeah, and that's cool, and I think that's one of the reasons why the critics hated them, because and and also there was no like pretty boy, you know, there was no pretty boy. The closest oh, yeah. they had was oh Aussie. yeah, dude, yeah. they were all fucking ugly, dude. Yeah. That was another ugly, thing too. They, they had, like the media didn't really have anything to market visually the yeah. way they did with Zeppelin, with the Beatles, with yeah. every like name any other band from the seventies, you know. Because every guy in this band is not, they're not good looking dudes. And Zeppelin quite... was like already a fucking band before they were even a band. Like these guys have come from studio work. They come from yeah, yeah exactly. bands that were already established and well, they formed it. Zeppelin. You know, you, like, you hear, Ro- hear Robert Plant talk and he's, oh, hello, chaps, it's lovely. And he's, you know, he's a nice guy. Uh, but, you know, he's very grammar school boy. Hello, chaps. <laughs> you know, also he's like, oh, no, it's still like, yeah. And even Can't Tony, fucking he's understand still, what he's saying. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> But that's it, you know, they're, they're real, whilst Zeppelin were a much more privileged group of people. You know, yep. they were making music because they were good at it and they could afford to be taught. Sabbath made music because it, it was something to escape. And there's a, there's yeah. a for realness there. That Ze- and that's why Sabbath are better than Zeppelin. Full stop. I, Sabbath, Sabbath. I, I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't disagree with, with, with I would, that. I would say overall Sabbath is better than Zeppelin, but I think Zeppelin's two is better than anything Sabbath ever did. It's a bold Saying statement. That. that is bold. Oh, and, that. and you want to talk about like rough and tumble, like Birmingham. Or I mean, you know more about Birmingham than us, obviously. But you know, what was that like two, three years ago? Uh, Geezer was out in like Joshua Tree in Cal- here in California or some shit like that and got in some bar fight with somebody. Do you yeah, remember that? him in the job because he was yeah. fucking shit talking Jews. <laughs> this guy's like fucking in his mid sixties, starting bar fights with people in the middle of the desert in California. <laughs> I mean, what should get hit, that's bro? Hardcore. What's a real shame is obviously they did, we had the Commonwealth Games here this year, and um, you know Tony was there for the opening ceremony, and then no one knew. About, he decided what the day before at the very end. I was just like, I'm going to fly over. And he's just had the surgery, you know, and you can see he's he's literally strapped onto a back brace, you know, and it's you can see it's 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 mimed. It's like the, they've clearly done a live take. It's a live vocal, but it's not the live vocal. I mean, I don't give a yeah, shit. It was yeah. it was Aussie on stage. The guy could barely stand, you know. Wait, what was this for? So, Commonwealth Games this year. It was his first, you know, first thing he did post surgery, you know. Oh, okay. No one knew it was going to happen, and the only. Wait, what's- 
what's the Commonwealth Games? It's I, like I a mini that. Olympics, but only for it's like the Olympics, but for nations that are in the Commonwealth, which is like the remnants oh. of the British Empire. And it was held in Birmingham this year, uh, oh, which no is shit. cool. So for the first time since you know the end of Sabbath, what's the twenty twenty. 2015 i think 2015 you know and the yeah. only reason geezer wasn't there is because uh, they when i realized ozzy was coming they, they called him and he was like to be honest mate i've got covid and i'm actually on my yacht in the caribbean and i don't really want to go to beer because... <laughs> 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 fairly fucking reasonable uh, yeah. but it would have been cool to have you know having tony at the opening ceremony was great and everyone was like oh and i think i've said to you guys outside the pub uh, outside the pod the pub where they first started playing The Crown. They're planning to reopen it as a music venue in the next couple of years. And oh, shit. There is, yeah, and people are like, you've got to get Aussie to open it. You've God, got to do it. If, you, he's, if he's still alive, you know. And oh, my I've God. Got, can you imagine the OG lineup of Sabbath opening that? Oh, oh man. Yeah, and it, cause it's in the middle of Birmingham Centre. It's right next to the train station. And I've, yeah. I've walked, you know, I, don't, I never remember this pub being open, you know, but I've walked past it thousands of times. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's being bought. It's it's happening. It's always going to take a couple of years at least. So I mean, it's a real question of who's going to be around, <laughs> yeah. you know, gen- genuinely. But it's just the fact that yeah, that musical history is is going to reopen in Birmingham. Zeppelin played there, but you know, Sabbath were the, uh, the famous ones. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just but like, the who's who of all the blues bands, you know, pass through there. I'm sure Clapton must have played it with his Cream or just as his own shit. You know, it was just the dive bar that the blues bands played that's that's so cool so cool <laughs> yeah so uh when it reopens i'll take some photos for you guys to go with the, the oh, black Sabbath. let's go let's go to you. birmingham jeff when that happens i was dude i was just thinking like maybe we'll just show up dude <laughs> yeah be awesome. you imagine we just we just show up i don't even tell you we just show up well i mean from what they're saying it's going to be a community hub so it will be playing local bands as well which would be awesome you know so yeah yeah maybe we'll see nordic fiction play there yeah yeah the modern literatures yeah <laughs> amazing so over yeah. to you guys to wrap it up because oh. i've taken over <laughs> no it's all good um all right so yeah uh i don't know do you, do you want to promo anything your band or, or or anything like that uh no did you ever get the vinyl that we, that we i reset? have not I'll, I'll chase it up i'll chase it up okay because uh, did you have I a know. tracking number or anything like that i'll speak to greg because he he's in charge of posting it um I mean, we can okay. cut this. We can cut the show if we need to. But yeah, I will generally. I'll. <laughs> I know this seems, seems like behind the scenes stuff that yeah, maybe yeah. we can just do after the after Tyler wraps <laughs> yeah. up. Uh, but no, I've, we've got nothing to promote at the moment. We're, we're we're in a writing period. We've had a bit of a lineup change, so new stuff coming. Gigs are getting booked. Um, yeah, y- y- but know still check out now. check out modern check literature. Out Twitter, yeah, check out the yeah, yeah. Twitter. Literally, uh, we're on and the we'll Spotify. We'll link you guys. We'll link you guys in, in our bio, and then we'll we'll post oh, about sweet. you guys on the po- on the the pod page too. Because sweet ass, yeah, why the fuck not? Yeah, why the fuck not? You, yeah, you help us out, so we'll yeah we'll throw help up me a help you too. help me help you. Yeah, uh, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for listening. Go to uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars, five stars only to all your friends because we are the best. And um, yeah, that's it. That's all. Black Sabbath. Right, right. And nobody would ever take his seriously because of the makeup. But like Dio kind of like makes, I don't know. I don't know if if at first he thought people should be taking him seriously (laughs) because he kind of like puts on that persona of wanting to be taken seriously. But I also don't like Holy Diver either or anything Dio really has ever done. I don't dislike it a lot, 
but I definitely would never listen to it. Yeah. Would you say it's a Dio breaker? Oh my god. A Dio <laughs> breaker. <laughs> That's so stupid. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> But like even the god is dead, dude. It's so fucking. It's so derivative. It is. It's so silly. It is. But I fucking <laughs> like, love it. Really, dude. Uh. Like you're, you're how old and 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 you're like God is dead is is like you're essentially your biggest banger on here and it's fucking like ten minutes long. Oh my god. But it's. I but like there, it. It's a great song. There is a question mark. So you should be saying that like God is dead. God is dead. It's true. It's so stupid. Like Pennywise. <laughs> Land of the free. So. <laughs> So you have annoying. the bread? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not really in a British lexicon, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't imagine. It's very Southern California, I would, I would imagine. That's tubular chaps, top work. <laughs> top work? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you guys really I mean, make a deal out of it? Or is, is it always a holiday mm. for you guys? Or is it it's just going to be a holiday? Day? It's mm. never a, never been a holiday for us. I think I, I only knew it existed when, when Blink did the song about it, and then I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is Boxing Day? Same here. That was the first time I had ever heard of Boxing Day with the Blink song. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Tom DeLong. Teacher, artist, dream weaver. Dude, do we just, do we just like six degrees like England to Tom DeLong? Day? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Is that one right, Tyler's so, um, There's a transition for you. <laughs> I mean, it all, it all boils down to like the whole world should adopt the Southern California dialect because that's the only yes. actual objective, correct ways of speaking English. With the long accents or nothing exactly. else. Yeah, the Poway, the Poway accent. Exactly. Yes. Oh, damn. Poway or no way, yeah. Oh, damn. The Poway or no way. Wow. You can have that one too. (laughs) (laughs) You're so giving over here. (laughs) Is there is there a significance in a bit of finger? That sounds like it would be like a like a colloquial a colloquialism a colloquialism. I mean, I'm I'm guessing it's it's. I would say it's yeah, giving the finger. Do you know what I mean? Like the one that yeah. Oh, bit of finger there. Bit of finger, mate. Yeah, I'll give you a bit of finger. (laughs) It's it's it certainly sounds dirty, doesn't it? Yeah, well, mate, I'll go over it. Last sounds like night. it sounds brummy. Yeah, yeah. I took I took my finger to her sleeping village, son. There was no one. Oh, you give it a bit uh, of I'm a cockney. I'm a cockney. I'm a cockney. I'm just making noise at this point. This is this is what I do. 